Collie, Lars, get your gear. We'll take a snowcat to the next base. Lars, you steer. Yeah. I don't think that's a good idea. And why is that? Because no one can leave this camp until we know more about what's going on here. I make decisions about this camp. I know, Edward, but... Why did you flag down that helicopter? Because I thought it was in danger. Why? I took a sample of Henrik's blood. And I saw that the alien cells were still alive. They were alive. And they were copying Henrik's cells. Replicating them. Adam saw it too. Is that true? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know what we saw. I mean, we saw, we saw something. I don't, I don't understand. What are you saying? That this thing can, and probably has, replicated a person. You're listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. So 215, welcome back to the Buzz to Kill podcast, where on today's show we shine a spotlight on the second sexiest McLean in A Jolly Holiday with Mary. I always love seeing your face because you have no idea what I'm going to say. <laughs> I was confused for a second. <laughs> What's this... going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And uh, if my if my intro is confusing, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was John McLean's daughter in the last two Die Hard movies. And that's why I was confused for a second because it took it took my my silly little brain a, a minute to remember that. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, mm-hmm. it is common knowledge that John McLean is the sexiest of the McLeans. Oh God, come on. You know, yeah. So that's uh, just that's uh, just science. That's <laughs> he has all the science. parts that make him the sexiest. <laughs> that is science. It's true. It's as true. a as a man who's going bald myself, I can mm. tell you that balding men are the sexiest. But you're making it look good. <laughs> I don't think you've seen me without a hat in like a no, year and a just, half. <laughs> I was actually just trying to make you feel better. Thanks, so. bud. <laughs> <laughs> is it safe to say it's, that you have more hair on your face than you do on your head at this point? It's. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> like right here is, it's it's kind of funny. I still have like, I have enough hair on the top of my head to where shaving it seems silly, mm-hmm. but it's also like, when you look at me under a bright light, I definitely have a horseshoe going on. <laughs> you know, so it's like well, you are your, you are your father's child. Oh, for in all sure, fairness, because yeah. your dad has a your 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 dad doesn't have like just a horseshoe. <laughs> he has like the whole horse. Because it's decently thick still where there yeah, is hair. In, in, like more, a in more than one place on his body, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, oh, Jugs Jude knows what he means. Um, what's going on, James? How are you? Oh, I'm good. How you doing, friend? I'm I'm holding up there. Had a little bit of a scare this week. Oh boy. It's ironic. It's ironic that we went, you know, back to digital last week. How far along is she, Mike? Um we're not talking about that. You're not nobody's having sex during Merry, COVID. Merry Christmas to me. Well, <laughs> nobody's having sex with me, period, COVID or not. Let's be honest. That's true. That is true. <laughs> Sad but um, true. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, speaking of. Sad but true. The way you I sent way so okay, we're getting off already already <laughs> off topic. This is going great. I sent James a video earlier of the greatest cover song ever from this band called The Who. They are a Mongolian not, not, the, not like the Who as in 
W H O. Who? 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 What? Who? <laughs> uh, no, the H U. They're a Mongolian throat singing band. Like they do that classical Mongolian, like like basically what I was just doing. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, that's it actually, like, you're really good at it. It sounds it's like shocking. It sounds like you're a didgeridoo, except for it's just your voice. Yeah, um, but it's I like this traditional. I need, I need some fucking sissy didgeridoo to do this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> All right, sorry. They, go ahead. Um, they uh, they they play music with like electric like electronic versions of very classical instruments. Yeah. Like they have guitars that are that are only like two strings, but they play it with a bow. <clears> but it's like electric and all of those instruments have very specific that. names. It's, I can't remember what they yeah, are. Yeah, oh, I'm too stupid to know them. But they put out a cover of Metallica's "Sad But True" in traditional Mongolian language and in that style, and it's fucking incredible. Yeah. That so band, good. that band is dope, dude. I listen to them sometimes when I'm doing leather work, and and they and it gets me going because they, yeah. even though I can't understand the language, I can look at the subtitles on the videos, and they they sing about like uh like when their enemies appear as when their enemies show up as lions and tigers and and elephants, they will fight them, and it's like. God, that's fucking awesome. Like it's amazing. It's just so cool. <laughs> I wish I could write lyrics like that and get away with get away with um, it, but I'm such a pussy. Yeah. Nobody I, would believe that the, I would fight a lion. The people that write uh, like the old power metal bands that used to like they would write lyrics about like battling dragons and oh, stuff. Dude. I could never I could never write like that. See, they're would, so good though. See, I would be <laughs> I would be good like I can my brain works like that. I think like that. You should. Then. I can. I can think epically, but I can't. I can't. There's nothing about me that comes across as like a totally epic dude. So, I just wouldn't be convincing if I could ghostwrite for some dude who had like a fucking quaff that went down to the middle of his back, and you know, and 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 could sing with like an open shirt with his yeah. abs and his pecs sticking out, and like have a bunch of well, leather wristlets and stuff. Start- then I would ghostwrite for him. Start growing out the skullet, because that's what this is going to come to. You can have the mound, the mound of hair in the back, right? Who is and that? And then the what you got to from... do, you got to start, you got to start writing um, trashy uh, fantasy dragon or like fantasy type romance novels and sell them on Amazon. Like those people that write like oh, the like the raptor the, sex. Yes, yeah, yeah the, di- the dinosaur sex with the with the hot chicks and the hot dinosaurs. I could do that, dude. <laughs> that's what you got to do. While battling dragons and lions and tigers. Oh God, there's a market for it. Jimmy Von Sex, the Dragonborn, like dude, dude, <laughs> come on. <laughs> but 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 the backstory is that every single uh, story is actually just it's the it's the story that Jimmy Von Sex is coming up with while he's like having sex with somebody. So the yes. dragon in his dick. It's the backstory oh, of oh, that wow. lay. Okay, all right, wow. <laughs> So I, so I have I have the okay so you know the you know how you do the the romance style covers on those yep. novels, Laser Daddy. Mm. Mm. So I would be writing. He would be the face of Jimmy Von Sex, the Dragonborn. Oh yeah, and oh yes. Oh man, with his with his with his sword. His arms are the size <laughs> of my thighs, dude. Yeah, he's a big. Mo- he's he's huge. He's the kind of dude that you want on your side if you're ever getting into a fight <laughs> for sure. Like if he's for, on the other side, run. Except for he's he's just gentle and lovely as hell. So I don't I don't know if he would ever actually fight anybody. <laughs> actually, I think, oh no, I think he used to be an MMA fighter, dude. I mean, not that, that just slipped your mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I well, I don't think he ever actually fights. No, he literally did that, like 
in his spare time well, for a dudes, long time. Dudes who train to be real fighters don't like fighting in the streets, though. No, unless they're true. Unless they're assholes. Oh, guys, who tra- guys who train to be professional fighters and then go out and fight in the streets, those are assholes. Yeah. Because you, yeah. abu- you shouldn't abuse that power. You're a deadly again, weapon but, at that point. But then you have guys like uh, Conor McGregor, for example, right? He's a great <laughs> fighter, but he's a cockbag in real life. Yeah. And he... and And, like... I'm not saying that he's going to go out and start a fight in the street. Actually, no, he would go out and start a fight in the street because he's a fucking cockbag. Um, I mean, of all the fighters that I've ever known, my old I had an old neighbor that did MMA for a while. The guy was a brick shit house. He was probably bigger than Laser Daddy, actually. Yeah. Um, and you would just hear him at like three in the morning out in the garage, just hitting his bag like he was, cr- <laughs> or or he was jerking off furiously, either or. But um, but he was nuts. And then um, the only other fighter that I know is that Nick Newell guy. Oh yeah. And like he's who, who he's can, like literally one of the nicest. Most people with one arm. Yeah, he's a one. He's the only one armed fighter. He's in Bellator now, I think. He's, but he's um, fucking a monster, he was, dude. Yeah, he was dating actually. A, it was a really weird, weird set of coincidences. But he was dating a friend of mine uh, back in the day. Yeah, and he was in town, and we all went out and did karaoke. <clears throat> if I remember correctly, he actually did Backstreet Boys. Or I was going like to say, that. was he also something a good like singer? Uh, I I would say no. But he was, but he had, but but he had, he had a lot of fun with it though. It was, it was you, a good time. You would say no, but you wouldn't say it to his face because <laughs> he would punch um, you in the face. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, we got way off topic here. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of that, all of that was for me. Sorry, with me telling my 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 fucking COVID story. Yeah. We we we, uh, we wow. yeah. A little a off mess. base here tonight. Um, no, we started. We went back to doing digital last week, just out of you know, just being smart. Oh, yeah. You know, well. things are things are crazy in the in the things are getting a little hairy in the mitt, as I said last week. And um, don't recycle <laughs> jokes, man. <laughs> I'm doing it. Um, anyway, though, yeah, we um, it's funny because not a week later, I found out that my boss's wife tested positive. Yeah, and I had been around him. Not it was the next day, wasn't it? Uh, I found out on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, we recorded on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> no, we recorded on Monday. No. Yeah. Sunday. No, we recorded Sunday. On, on on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So two days later is when is when I found out that his uh, his wife had tested positive. <clears throat> you know, which I wasn't overly worried because I wear a mask 100 percent of the time when I'm at work. But guess who doesn't? I'm giving an eye to you right now. You're giving me the eye because yeah. I know the answer. <laughs> the, the 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 you motherfucker do smart things um anyway though so that happened at work so that was fun um luckily like i said he uh he ended up did coming back negative oh thankful thankfully he did come back negative i still got tested anyway on friday because i already had the appointments made so i figure why not yeah not gonna hurt anything so i'm so i'm so up in the air about testing dude like i don't know i don't know whether to trust it or not like there's so many false positives so many false negatives i mean it makes sense to still go and get tested but like yeah you know it's it's just like i think he 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 lives with her he came back negative how do you know it's not a false negative well you know what i mean it's possible he went too early too because we don't know when you know I don't. I don't know the timeline. Yeah, according like that, but according to my wife, like five days after, I think five days after exposure is the like kind of the best, best time to go. Yeah, is that what she said? Uh, five days. Yeah, they had originally said three, so I don't know if that's changed or whatever. But <clears throat> yeah, um, point is the point is we uh, we are we are smarter for doing doing the digital. Yeah. And we're we're gonna probably stay like this for the foreseeable future until things calm down. Yeah, which sucks. But yeah, it sucks. But it's. Uh, 
You know, you just got to be smart. Fucking, uh, dude, I I was so pissed when I found that thing on Snapchat earlier. Um, oh yeah, I, I I I actually I I hardly knew that this was even a thing. But in Snapchat, if you have Snapchat, there's a thing on the bottom left hand part of the screen. It's like a map where it shows where mm-hmm. all your friends are. But then there's all these blue dots, and you can click on those blue dots, and for some reason, random people will upload videos and shit to snapchat like do it's our, their stories it's oh, their it's, stories do our and, stories and show up i think so yes they fucking I better think, not i, I don't want so. strangers watching my shit uh <laughs> i it's probably a setting probably. it's probably a setting but anyway i sent it to you guys I, I i clicked on one of those and it was right here in our town and it was a it was a, a hall full of people probably 70 80 people having a mm-hmm. christmas party no masks. With giant Trump flags on the wall. <laughs> giant Trump flags on the wall. Mm-hmm. No masks. Uh, no, no social distancing, and a bunch of old people too. A bunch of yeah. geezers. It's like, are you fucking? Are you? Are you trying to die? I think so. Because that's what's gonna happen. That's, that's why. That's my response. Was it sucks to see, but on the bright side, they all might die. And I don't. And I don't feel bad about saying that. That's, that's mean. I'm sorry. I would feel bad. If you're about gonna be that, that stupid. I don't want anybody I, I, to die, but. Uh, well, and then I was showing this to you guys as we were sitting at this this park waiting to uh, we we took some pictures with my my kids today to do the Christmas card thing, and as we're sitting there, a fucking uh, limo bus, a party bus rolls up, and like a bridal party of like twenty five people rolls out yeah. of this bus. Not a single one wearing a mask. Like the, the the most the most hilarious part about it was the bride was bright fucking orange because she'd been fake tanning so much it's like (laughs) sweetheart it's fucking it's december dude we know we know that you don't look like that it was so awful looking but Uh, well i'm I'm just like bright orange bride no masks perhaps they were getting married at a trump rally (laughs) (laughs) speaking of i watched uh uh Literally, all I could stand was about five, five or six seconds of the Georgia rally that was happening today. Oh, because it, yeah. it showed up in my live feed on YouTube, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I clicked on it just for a second because I was like, "Yeah, oh, what's what hot air is this guy spewing today?" Mm. And you see all the people behind him in in the rally or whatever. Everyone's packed in there. Nobody's wearing fucking masks. Yeah, like it's just like you. Oh God, like, I can't. I, I can't. I, I literally cannot watch our president for more than a few seconds. Like I don't. Like, get, I, I don't, literally. I can't do. I don't it. give it. I don't give a shit what you choose to do with your time. Like if you go to, if you want to go to a fucking Trump rally, hey man, go ahead. Hey, but it's not a fake pandemic. Like we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Like yeah. it's still a virus, and it's no, still James, one it's that a you pandemic. can catch. Oh, it's a oh, it's the pandemic. <laughs> there was like, one person. There was one person that was wearing a face mask and just said MAGA across the front of it. And like the, the irony of that is astounding. <laughs> <laughs> and the other irony is that's somehow the smartest person in that place. Yeah. Oh, I just anyway. I don't. Yeah, we don't need to get too yeah, much into that shit. It's but. against the the political podcast here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anything else fun happened for you? Oh, shit. I've just been trying to catch up on my orders and stuff that I need to get out before... Uh, that sounds lame. Crimbus. It is lame. Yeah, yeah, it is lame. You know what's not lame? I guess I guess making a bunch of money is lame these days. You know what's Mike, not lame? And speaking of your... Um, speaking of your uh, your leatherworks or whatever, yeah. I had to do a job for you the other day. 
you little, have... little digital <laughs> editing job for you. Yeah. And I, and I very tongue-in-cheekly said, uh, well, you, I, like, okay, like, so like, I'll pay I'm, you. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy, and I like to pay people for their work. And so I said, so Mike did this uh, design work for me, and I said, I'm going to pay you for this, so just let me know how much you want. And then Mike says, I will accept payment in the form of 150 Cheddar Bay Biscuits. <laughs> from red lobster <laughs> i was like so in the back of my head i was like don't fucking tempt me with a good time pal you will get cheddar bay biscuits so fast forward to today this was like maybe i don't know less than a week ago fast forward to today and uh i i get a knock on my door and i'm, I'm thinking that it's just like my amazon delivery that i was waiting on and i get an, i get a knock on my door or whatever and i let them put the package down and i go out and i see a sam's club box on my door so i'm like what the fuck did I buy from Sam's Club? And then I look at the name, and it's Mikrell Honkman. Mike Mikrell Mikrell Honkman. Like, where did this come from? Like, who is who knows me enough to like get my name wrong, but that close? Like, I'm like, what the fuck is going? On? Aaron said, I, "Aaron said I should have. It's a it's a fr- it's a joke from Friends, but I should have called you Mrs. Mike Mike Honkman." <laughs> so I oh, I get the box and I open it up and sure as shit, it's the biggest giant box of Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuit mix. <laughs> So according to the label, it only makes forty. So I underpaid yeah, you, you a little me. bit. You you owe me. I do. I owe you big time. <laughs> yeah. You owe me. You owe me another hundred and ten cheddar bay biscuits. And I'm gonna owe you even more because I fully intend on eating some of those when you make them. <laughs> you know, like when next Friday when you come to drop the beer off on my porch, I would also like five to ten biscuits. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. But uh, this is why my best friend's better than yours, people. Just saying. <laughs> You know, I haven't been to, like, I've been to Red Lobster w- once in my entire life, I think. I've been a couple times. Is not it, not anytime recently, though. Is it really that good? Or is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it used to be. I think when we were kids growing up, it was, it was like the, 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 the good seafood place to go, right? It was a little bit more expensive than, than your regular restaurant because it was seafood and everything else. You could pick the live lobster out of, you know, I want to kill that one. Like <laughs> I want you to die today. Yeah, like like you could do all that, which made it fancy. But now I would say that like uh, Red Lobster is to seafood what like Olive Garden is to Italian food. You know, like it's it's good, but it's nothing special. It's it's one step above fast food. It really is. I'll eat. I will eat budget. I mean, it's sit down, I will eat it's, budget you know, seafood though, dude. I don't it's care. Not always the smartest thing. <laughs> <laughs> why? The, like maybe stay away from the gas station sushi. Just, just saying. <laughs> why is it? Why is it that we're we're cool with eating food on a budget in every other? Uh, like in, in every other uh, aspect of cuisine except for seafood. Why is it? Sp- because seafood goes bad very, very easily. Very easily. Yeah. You can't leave it out and get warm. Like you can't. Seafood goes bad, I think, quicker than any other food. That's why. I mean, you and the get... refrigeration in a gas station, I don't believe, is up to par. <laughs> with... There's no gas stations that actually sell sushi. Yes, are there? there are. There are. Yeah, I've seen it. That's amazing. One hundred percent. Oh, that makes me gag a little bit. Why would you? Yeah, eat you can sushi get it. You can get it. At, you can get it at the come and go. Oh yes. <laughs> I, re- <laughs> I remember say, there was a there was a TV show where somebody eats a bad batch of gas station sushi, but I can't remember what it was. Is it Seinfeld? And then he I feel shits like that would himself. Be a Seinfeld thing. No, he either shits yeah, that's, himself. That's or the going. That's everywhere. the going part of the, the coming. Go- the coming and the going. 
Oh, man. Well, no, I haven't had anything going on other than the boring stuff that I already talked about. What about you? Yep. Anything? No, just, no. Uh, like I said, just, I, I, just every, everything Cheddar exciting. Bay biscuits up in COVID here. and Cheddar Bay Biscuits. That was my week. <laughs> That's life, baby. That's life in, in the time of COVID. Oh, gotta love it. <laughs> All right. Um, All right, bud. Well, let's uh, get into the show now after like a thousand years of us babbling on about bullshit. Yeah. Uh, uh, we did get some stuff wrong last week. All right. Well, let's, let's get to it. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right. Um, so it turns out the movie <clears throat> that I was trying to think of last week, the movie where they escaped from Alcatraz, yeah, it's actually called Escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot, oh, and it's starring Clint Eastwood. Oh yeah. Which now, which now makes me realize I need to fucking see Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood. Yeah. That needs to. This week, I'm going to rectify that, and um, you know, it's gonna happen. <laughs> Because I'm a dope. Um, let's see here. Roddy Piper is actually of Scottish descent. We weren't sure about that last week. Yeah. So he is Scottish, but although he is Canadian. Can't. Yeah. yeah. Well, yep. that's why I said like uh, there's. Scott I know that there's large pockets of Canada that have that were Scottish immigrants at one yep. point in time. So yeah, that yep. makes sense. And then you, we had a uh, disagreement about the length of the fight, the very famous fight in They Live. Okay. You said that it was like 10 minutes long. Okay. I said it was five minutes. You're like, no way. It is so much longer than five minutes, blah, blah. It is almost exactly six minutes long. <laughs> okay. It just feels like 10 minutes. It does. It really does. <laughs> it goes on so long. It's like one of the guys will fall, and then he starts to get up, and then you, you go, okay, I think they're done finally. And then the other they guy just comes out that, of nowhere. They rehearsed that fight for weeks beforehand, too. Did they really? Yeah. Weird, it's, dude. It's ridiculous. Well, all right. Um, moving on, though, James, what are we doing this week? Well, this week, what we're doing, you wish, is a uh, is is a I wish what <laughs> is an actress spotlight on the lovely Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And I gotta grab my beer. <clears throat> Mike is leaving me. Why wouldn't you prepare a little bit and grab your beer? Um, so Mike. For uh, for this particular episode, went out and got us some Perrin Brewing Company Black Ale. You ever had a black ale before? Have I ever had a black ale before? Yeah. <laughs> what? what? You, you, missed the, you missed the joke. I said, have I ever, have I ever had a black ale before? Oh, man. Nah. <laughs> I actually know the answer to that. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, the black ale. This beer is counterintuitive. It pours dark as night, but drinks like a summer afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to go with this, we watched the movie, uh, the the movie Black Christmas from two thousand six. Oh, did we ever? We sure did. We we COVID watched that movie. Yeah, we COVID. Yeah. We definitely did. We did a Zoom sesh, mm -hmm. and we did a countdown, and hit play at the same time, and it actually worked out pretty well. It worked out really well. I posted nice. a picture of it on our Instagram. Yeah. If you if you follow us there, you sure did. You sure did. Um, and then we also watched The Thing from 2011. I don't know if a lot of, like, I get the sense from reading, uh, reviews from the past that people didn't understand that it was a prequel. Yeah, it, um, that, this movie was very, um, polarizing when it first came out. Uh, A, because I think, because the title was the same. This was one of the first movies, I think, that came out with the same title, and it wasn't a remake. And I think people thought that it was a remake. Yeah. And it well, I don't think that it was marketed the right way either. 
to to make people understand what it was supposed to be. But we, we we'll get into that when we talk about yeah, it. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, this one really flew under the radar. Um, and then and when it was on the radar, it was not very loved. Both of these movies this week could actually be bad brews. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, I feel like I feel like they would probably go in opposite directions, though. Probably, uh, yeah, probably, we'll, probably, but we'll see. We'll, get there. we'll see. We'll get there. So anyway, uh, this this absolutely does pour dark as night. It's quite a dark Black beer. Night. <clears throat> Did you even oh, pour wow. yours yet? Uh, I had to kill the rest of my beer that was in this glass. So we've had uh, it just in our personal lives, we've had quite a few parent brews. Oh yeah, parent um, brew. Perrin's grapefruit is probably still their best. Just saying. It's it's good. Did you just take a drink of that? No, I smelled it. Oh. <laughs> it uh they're you're they're, pulling at me. Perrin's grapefruit is is good. It's not one of my it's not one of my my favorite grapefruit beers. Oh really? But it is good. No. Yeah. It's a little too bitter for cool, me. Uh, I don't know. Cool story, James. Cool, cool story, man. <laughs> Let's try this, bud. Cheers. Cheers to you. Dink. Dink. Oh, yep. I've always thought that black uh, black ales give like leave me with the same um, taste sensation as drinking regular black tea, like hot tea. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like the color of it, and, and my mind is playing a trick on me. But that's quite possible. <clears throat> what I get from it is, and I've I've said this on the show before. You know, when you go out during the summer and you smell. Not not just a grill burning, but specifically a charcoal grill, and specifically a charcoal grill that has been lit with lighter fluid. Or oh with yes, the, yes. This I know, exa- the I, after, I know the exact smell. The aftertaste of this beer tastes like that smells. Hmm. It does. That's weird. Take another sip and just let it simmer for a second, and really think about that. Think about it. Picture it. You got it. Do you get it? Still getting tea. I'm still getting tea. tea. Come yeah, on, I don't man. know why. It's I. It's I, I think that it. I honestly do think that my brain's just playing a trick on me. You stupid, know, stupid, stupid brains. <laughs> stupid brains. Stupid, stupid humans. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is delicious though. I do like it. I yeah, like black ales. Black IPAs are my jam though. You heard of black IPA? Black oh, IPA. I don't oh, think I ever. They're have. so good. No. So good. No. What? Who makes a black IPA that you? Oh, there's a couple places that make them. Name. I forget. They're pretty niche. I don't know. Name, none of the main name twelve. Right now, or I don't believe you. Uh, well, come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's very good. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get in to the bleed feed. All right, James. Yeah, bud. Gotta we gotta start off the news the way that we normally start off the news and talk about somebody uh, biting the big one. Don't do it. Unfortunately, don't do it to me. Um, let's see here. Rest in peace to Hugh Keys Byrne. Um, Hugh Keys Byrne uh, was an Australian actor. Uh, he was seventy-three years old. Uh, no cause of death, uh, other than the fact that he passed away in a hospital. So I'm assuming whatever he went to the hospital for is is what caused his ultimate demise. It's a fair assumption. Um, 
<clears throat> I would say so. Um, he is best known for playing Toe Cutter in George Miller's original Mad Max in 19, oh. was it 76, uh, 79? The original Mad Max, Se- 79. 79, yeah. 79, yeah. Um, and then he famously, triumphantly returned to the iconic franchise in Mad Max Fury Road as Immortan Joe, 36 years later, now which here, is crazy. Do you prefer him as Toe Cutter or Immortan Joe? Oh, Immortan Joe, hands down. Yeah. I actually am not a... A huge fan of the original Mad Max. It's, it's very, um, it's very, uh, for what it's supposed to be, it's very, um, and like not anticlimactic. It's just, it's it's slow. It no, it is. I it, like it very it. much. Is I like it, it, but it's it's fucking slow, dude. Yeah, no, no, I I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. It's 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 good, and I can appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Um. I just think that it, it looked like a film that had, that uh, that was made by a filmmaker that had not yet honed his craft, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. No offense to George Miller, but it was his first movie. Yeah. So, you know, makes sense. Um, and yeah, it was. This was back that Mad Max was made back when Australia was having its like very first film boom ever. Mm-hmm. Too, you know, there weren't a lot of movies made. They, like Australia didn't really have like a, a film industry. Right. Back then. Right. Um, at least not a big one. So, you know, that was all in the early years of all of that. And, and it's gone on to be, like I said, an iconic movie at this point. And uh, it's crazy that um, that Hugh Keys Burn, like I said, came back 36 years afterwards, though. And I don't think a lot of people knew that it was him until people knew it was him, right? It was kind of kept under wraps, I think, for a bit. Yeah. Or just no one cared. Not to say that in a bad way, but like when people realize, mm. oh shit, Immortan Joe is the same dude from the original, like it became kind of a big deal. Yeah, I, I remember thinking how just how cool it was because when Fury Road, it was shortly before Fury Road came out, I, I rewatched Mad Max. Like I hadn't watched it in years and years and years and years. And then shortly, shortly before uh, Fury Road came out, uh, I watched the original Mad Max and I was aware of the fact that, um, Hugh Keysburn, not reprised his role, but uh, you know, came back to the franchise. Uh-huh. But like, I I didn't know what to expect in the villain, like what I was gonna get, because Toe yeah. Cutter was Toe Cutter was just a normal dude, you know what I mean? Like he, he was an asshole, but he was a normal mm-hmm. dude. He was just a kind of a biker punk, like yeah, you know, just asshole. He's he's Immort- the one that Immortan he, Joe is such a crazy like that's when you think of a post-apocalyptic like. Not steampunk, but what do you want to call it? Sort of like a just a post-apocalyptic wastelander. Yeah, like yeah. Morton Joe's exactly what you have in mind when you think of that oh, kind of thing. And, so and it was Fury such Road a cool too, character. Fury mm-hmm. Road and even the subsequent Mad Max movies that they they read they defined and then redefined a post-apocalyptic like what that looked like. Yeah, and it was all very over the top. It was all very much like the extreme of what it would be. You know, yeah. the big especially Fury Road with the, the the big giant cars and like the. Just the, the the giant machines that they would build, like it, it was it was all crazy. But yeah, dude, uh, Immortan Joe, the mask with the teeth built right into the mask and stuff like that. With like, what a fucking cool looking character. Yeah, he'll go. I think that most people would probably say Immortan <laughs> Joe was the better character. In my opinion, I think that I, th- I think that Fury Road, just in general, is the better film. I like Toe Cutter. So. I do like just you know, I mean, it, especially that's you know that's an iconic role as well but yeah mm-hmm. i Morton joe's just fucking so cool yeah um but that's uh so rest in peace to uh hugh keys burn like i said 73 years old yeah um 
Gone But Not Forgotten, sir. Okay, moving on here. Video game fans have been waiting years for an official adaptation, and it finally seems like a live-action version of Metal Gear Solid is officially happening and coming and moving forward. And I am happening, and I am coming over it, and it's (laughs) all good stuff. And moving forward. Um, (laughs) Directed by Jordan Voigt-Roberts, who did Kong Skull Island, which, have you seen that yet? Kong Skull Island? The newest King Kong movie? No. So good. No, I haven't. So good. So this is being directed by him, uh, and casting has already started with Deadline reporting this week that the title character of Solid Snake will be played by none other than Oscar Isaacs, which is fucking perfect. Oh, nice, dude. It is perfection. Yeah. And apparently this is a role that he had been gunning for even like two years ago. Oh, really? Or, or a year ago, whenever it was when this was in the news last. Yeah. Because they, they talked about this for a while, and I'm pretty sure that John that uh, Jordan Voigt-Roberts has been attached to it the entire time, uh-huh. but it just kind of went silent for a, a long, long time. But finally, they're moving forward with it now. Oscar Isaacs has been cast as that role, and I just, I go, oh, yes. Give all of the money to this movie, because oh, yeah. it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, Solid Snake awesome. is just one of those characters, too, that was made for the screen, you know? Yeah, I'm actually, more... su- I'm, I'm actually surprised that they took so long to get to yeah. a Metal Gear Solid movie, honestly. I, I, maybe they just wanted to get it right, you know, whoever holds the rights to it, yeah. the, the, the video game company. Is it Konami? I think it might be Konami that, may, that owns them. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it, though. Um, also, returning to the screen in a different way, The Toxic Avenger, <laughs> one, of, one of the genre's most family-friendly films, I would say, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, you show, show the little ones. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. um, it is slated time. for... Yeah. It is slated for a remake with Troma partnering up with Legendary Pictures for the production, which is insanely large. Like, Legendary Pictures has done... Probably some of the biggest movies of the last like decade, in terms of big sprawling action films. Yeah, um, and it was announced this week that Peter Dinklage has signed on to star in the film. No, uh, no idea what role he's going to be playing. I could. He seems like a bit old to play the the, the character, the Toxic Avenger character. Um, you know, pre pre mutation. Yeah. So I don't know where he's going to come along into the screenplay, but uh, yeah, that's kind of crazy that somebody of his caliber has signed on to the fucking Toxic Avenger yeah, movie. Yeah, <laughs> something that was like not even a B movie back in the day. It's like a fucking... It's a D. It's, it's a, a D, D movie. movie. Yeah, and, F movie. And, and to go back to what you said earlier, show the kids. Do not show the kids. Cause oh, show the kids. I, I, I actually saw the Toxic Avenger for the first time at a very young age, and it ruined my brain a little bit wait i'm sorry so running over running over small children in the street taking a polaroid of it and then masturbating to it later was not part of your growing up yeah yeah no that was it was a part of my growing up unfortunately that was that was completely normal on the outside (laughs) outskirts of detroit man come on (laughs) it's what we did for fun so you got your rocks i just remember my two cousins showing like it was on it was on showtime or something like that and they're like oh yeah let's watch this movie it's really cool and i sat and watched it with them and by the time my mom come came to pick me up i was like curled up in a ball like I don't want to watch this anymore. In fetal position. It was just like there's there's some really gnarly shit in that movie, and oh, I, yeah, the, the one that stuck with me the most was the uh, the milkshake blender. Oh, uh, and does the guy? It goes in the guy's eye or in his mouth? I think it goes in his mouth. 
and he mm-hmm. like milkshake blends the dude's throat and i was yep. like <laughs> i just want my mom to come pick me up it's a great scene <laughs> well it's, it's a fantastic. great scene now yeah i like it now but when i was a kid no sir um <laughs> So the Toxic Avenger is being directed by Macon Blair. Oh. Now, Macon Blair, uh, you would know him as uh, an actor who was in uh, Murder Party, Blue Ruin, and Green Room, which Bas- were all directed by Jeremy every, Saunier. Yeah. Yeah. Is, so uh, is he in that other one that you want? Yeah, he's in the uh, 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 Hold the Dark as well, isn't he? I don't know if he is or not, actually. Okay. I don't know. If he's in, um, if he's in every list, other so. Jeremy Solnier movie, I'm assuming he's probably in it even, somewhere. Even if it's in a tiny little pop-up role, probably. Yeah. Um, but uh, Blair also directed the Netflix film, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, oh. with uh, Elijah Wood. That's a, I was going to say, it's a Spectre Vision movie, isn't it? loved. I don't know that it's Spectre Vision. Mm-hmm. I think that Elijah Wood just acted in it. I don't believe that it's Spectre Vision. <laughs> Um, I, I could be wrong on that, uh, it but it, that was fantastic. If you've never seen it, it's like a crime thriller <laughs> sort of drama movie. It's yeah. fantastic. Um, highly recommend it. But uh, yeah, so Toxic Avenger, James. Who knew? Amen. All right. So with uh, with the Friday the 13th rights fiasco still in full swing, we recently talked about another franchise going through the same motions, uh, albeit a little bit less messy, uh-huh. uh, which was the Hellraiser franchise. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Clive Barker wanting to get his rights back for the original Hellraiser story. Of course. Um, and uh, Barker enacted the exact same copyright laws that uh, gave him his rights back after 35 years. And uh, this week it became official and Barker was successful. And uh, he now is the owner of uh, Hellraiser and the Hellbound Heart and all that property again. That's good news, man. Um, now, there's already <clears> two, <throat> and we've talked about this, there's already two things in the works. There's that Hellraiser series coming to HBO. Yeah. Because, of, of course, it's HBO. And then <laughs> um, there's the new Hellraiser movie that's in development. Uh-huh. So, you know, uh, with him having complete now control over that, that's all very, very exciting. And um, I can't wait to see what happens now in the future. I just hope to God that maybe he lets... Uh, What's his fuck? Finish his story from Hellraiser Judgment. Probably isn't going to happen. Oh, what's his but, name? Um, oh god. Uh, bu- 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 it's the effects guy, Gary Tunacliff. Oh, t- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I hope that ba- that Barry, not Barry, <laughs> Barry, Gary. I hope that Gary can finish his story. And if he can't on screen, maybe like a a, a comic book, comic series. Yeah. Right. Graphic finish novels, your story sure. there. Yeah. Give give the permission yeah. there. Because um, I would really love to see what happens to the Pinhead character after he gets dumped back into the real world. Well, I was gonna say it opened up a lot of it opened up a lot of interesting avenues with the heaven and hell and uh, and and like you said, dumping Pinhead back into humanity essentially. Yep. Like that's there's that's, um, a, that's an avenue you should go down, dude. Like that's interesting. There's, there's a podcast I listen to called. Um, Best movies never made, and I want to say I think it was that podcast. And Gary Tunacliffe was on that, and he actually talks about what he would have done in the sequel. Oh, really? Which is, which is very interesting. That's yeah. cool. Um, yeah, and does I it recommend sound that. Rad? I mean, yeah, it's, it sounds like the proper continuation. You yeah. know, it's it's. I forget exactly what it was. It was a while ago when I listened to it, but um, um, anyway, <clears throat> just to avoid a correction, too, I looked it up, and you are correct. The production company for I don't feel uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Film science and XYZ films. Yeah, I was just say I didn't think that it was Spectre Vision. Yeah, not everything Elijah Wood does is Spectre Vision. Everything games. that Elijah everything. Elijah does is Spectre Vision. Everything. Here's a question for you. Yeah, if uh, me and Elijah were to meet drunkenly in a bar one night and hook up, yeah, would it be incest? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. 
I don't think because I don't. I am him. I don't think that it would matter because, or is it just self masturbation? I don't think that it would matter because you guys wouldn't be matter for that long, if you get what I mean. Because the world mean? would start to fold in on itself. Oh, that's true. It's true. Matter. <laughs> more like more like Elijah Batter. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of semen, what's new on blue? Oh wow. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> that's maybe the best transition I've ever done <clears throat> in the history of this show. <laughs> Hold on to your butt because there's a lot of them. Oh, do now do. if if you need to take a nap, now's a good time. <clears throat> All right, Synchronic, which hit theaters and drive-ins a couple months ago, will be headed home to DVD and Blu-ray on January 26th, courtesy of WellGo USA. Synchronic stars Anthony Mackie and Jan- Jamie Dornan as two New Orleans paramedics, New Orleans. Who, New Orleans paramedics New Orleans. who begin encountering horrific deaths linked to a designer drug with bizarre otherworldly effects. Don't do drugs, kids. Or... Or do drugs. Or do drugs, whatever. (laughs) The the release will include several featurettes, an alternate ending, and audio commentary with directors Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, the duo behind Resolution and The Endless, and also um, VHS, uh, I forget which one they were part of. Shit, I can't remember. One of the VHSs. (laughs) I suck at this. And producer David Lawson Jr. Um, Love and Monsters, which is exactly what it sounds like, Love and Monsters, a uh, story about a young man reconnecting with his high school girlfriend who now lives 80 miles away and the journey he goes goes through to get to her. Only Ooh. this happens five years after the monster apocalypse. So standing between him and his love is gruesome, unspeakable death. Anyway, I hope this bitch is worth it. So uh, Love and Monsters <laughs> will hit DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K Ultra HD on January 5th. UK company Second Sight teased that lockdown horror phenomenon Host is getting our limited edition Blu-ray treatment. Release date now February 22nd. Full details and pre-order soon. That's what this Second was the movie Sight that said. was shot. This was the movie that was shot pretty much over like Zoom windows. Yeah, it? exactly. It was. It okay. was. It was shot during the pandemic. Uh, released during the pandemic, and it takes place entirely on Zoom, which I'm kind of interesting. I'm kind of up in the air about. Uh, I am, like, this is what we do nowadays, right? We go on Zoom when we want to talk to one of our friends. Uh-huh. That's so much a part of our life that I'm not, like, fully sold on watching TV shows and movies that are no, this. I d- because I already, like, when you, go to, when you go to the movies, when you watch a movie, you want to escape from real, li- real life a little bit, right? And if yep. this is your real life, talking to your friends over Zoom, why would you want to watch a movie like this? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I agree. I think that it's it's an interesting um, it's an interesting thing to have in the books to look back on that this was made during this part in time. Sure, which is weird. we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about like movies that were made during World War II that were oh, about yeah. World War II. Yeah, right? totally. They're kind of they're kind of uh, they're curiosities that will always exist, which I think is cool. Right. But in terms of wanting to escape from it, um, I don't mean to go on like a little side thing here. I watched that show, The Good Doctor. Yeah. And uh, I finally started catching up on the new season, and the first two episodes were all about the hospital system and the pandemic, right? Yeah. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, not only was it like a super heavy, heavy episode, right? That show fucking turns me into a little bitch every time I I watch it <laughs> to begin with. And watching it about what's going on in the real world, like I, it's like I almost don't even want to watch this. Like right. it was right when I, it was right when I sort of found out that my boss's wife had tested positive. So yeah. I was like a little bit. Not freaked out, but you know, it was on my mind that this 
I don't know, I was maybe potentially exposed and yeah. this and that. Yeah. And it's like, I'm watching this and I'm like, I don't want to watch this right now. This is not <laughs> putting me in a good mood. Like I need, to, I need to get my mind off this stuff, you know? And so that's why I get what you're saying. It's like, if you're watching something to be entertained by it, you don't want to be reminded of how fucked the world is right now. Right. You know? Well, and that's I. That's one thing. Like they've even tried to make it into comedy too. There's this. There's a show on. I don't know if it's on NBC or ABC or something, but there's a show called Connecting, which is it's a brand new show, and it's all about five or six friends who all just talk over Zoom the whole time. And yeah, that sounds terrible. Not only is it, not only is it like not the type of thing that I want to see constantly because I'm already zooming with all my friends all the time. It's also fucking. It's a terrible show. It's it's of course the, it is. the writing is is awful, dude. It's so it's just not funny at all and not worth watching. And I hope it gets canceled. Um, uh, we just lost our sponsor from Fox. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, it's not. It can't be on Fox because I don't get Fox. <laughs> whatever, whatever. NBC. Hey, NBC. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had that sponsor too. Yeah. Get rid of that show and and you know and then and then you can. Come back and sponsor us if you want. Until then, give felt the fish. All right. St. Maud, which was bumped from the U.S. release schedule several times this year and which is currently entirely off of the release schedule, will still be getting a, re- a release in the U.K. February 1st, St. Maud, uh, which centers on hospice nurse who becomes obsessed with saving her patient souls until things take a turn when a sinister force and her own sinful past threaten to end her holy work will be available on DVD, Blu-ray, and in a Zavi exclusive limited edition enshrined in the holiest, Michael, the holiest Ooh. of all rigid shrouds, stunning steelbook packaging. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh Becker's heist thriller, Running Time, which I'm actually yeah. curious about. Have you seen this one? Uh, I have not actually seen this one. But you know what it is. I know exactly what it is. I I own it on uh, Anchor Bay Clamshell VHS, baby. You own it, but you've (laughs) never watched it. Uh, It's actually still in the shrink wrap. I have a completely unopened copy. Oh, my God. I'm I'm not against opening it. I've just actually never watched it. It, 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 I find it hard to believe that something uh, starring Bruce Campbell Campbell would be not watched in your house. Yeah, I I think I just, I forget about it a lot, honestly, is what it is. Well, you should watch it soon. Anyway, Running Time will be coming to special edition Blu-ray on March 16th. Inspired by Alfred Hitchcock and playing out over 70 minutes of real time, Running Time starring the most infamous chin of all the land, Bruce Campbell, follows Carl, a man who launches a plan to steal mob money from the prison that he was just released from. Which seems like a dumb idea, but it who, does. who it am really I, does. right? <laughs> uh, last and... In my own opinion, certainly least, because this movie makes me want to puke a little bit. The infamous 2010 title, a Serbian film, will be coming to Blu-ray and DVD completely uncut and uncensored, with this being the first time the film is being released from the 4K master. Like, you really need to see it in 4K, right? Uh, Uh, They are... I'm sorry, go on. (laughs) That'll hit shelves on January 19th. And an additional tease came from Unearth Films, the company behind the release, saying that later in 2021 there will be uh, an extended cut of the movie, uh, of the movie, as well as a Serbian documentary. And of note here, there will be a commentary on the Blu-ray, Blu-ray from directors Joe Lynch and Adam Green of the movie. So Crips. this is a commentary they did at one of their Yorkie thons a couple of years ago, yeah. which is actually coming up in a couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And uh, it was like last year or the year before. And you actually can hear Adam Green get up and puke at one point in time. He pukes? Literally pukes. Really? Yeah. At one point in time. Uh, now, Joe Lynch, on the other hand, loves this film. He's seen it a, hand, a whole would. bunch of times. His When he was filming in Serbia for uh, Mayhem, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the crew that worked on his film worked on Serbian film. And he actually went to and saw, he worked with the um, uh, the special effects uh, guy who still had the baby from the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in, in, his, in his workshop and showed him like, Joe Lynch loves this movie. So I'm actually, I would buy this just for that, honestly. And then the documentary I think would be kind of fascinating because the director of a Serbian film is actually like fascinating to listen to. He was mm-hmm. on the Movie Crypt podcast. And that whole movie is actually a socio-political statement about Russia at the time. No, it was about and Serbia. Or Ser- Serbia, it's, yeah. Sorry. It's called a Serbian, Serbian sorry. film. Yeah, duh. It's, about, it's, it's basically about the red tape that you need to cut through to make it's, a film in Serbia, right? Yeah, it's 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 actually kind of crazy and kind of brilliant if you break it down. The movie itself, though, is yeah. just like... I, like, I like, an, I, like uh, I like metaphors... But like I don't know, I, I that movie some to of me the is stuff, sort of like I don't a, even want to I don't even want to say some of the yeah. stuff, and maybe I need to rewatch it because in the past couple of years I've watched some like truly messed up shit and have been become more sen- more desensitized to the type of stuff that we watch. I could I could maybe revisit a Serbian film and see I've the never uh, seen it. and see the sort of. I know that there's supposed to be like a certain level of dark humor or satire to it, but the first time I watched it, I was just like, uh, like it was just upsetting. There was there was so much there was so much about it that was so upsetting to me, mm-hmm. and it was I, I like it's it's whenever you involve like kids in stuff, and it's not just the scene with the baby. Like there's a there's also like some involvement with uh, the main character Milos and his and his son and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just like, yeah, it, like, it's it's a fucked up movie for sure. Dude. It's so fucked up. But I've like I said, I've not actually seen it, but I know enough about it to to make that <laughs> statement. Yeah. Um. But uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's it for blues. All right, uh, so to finish out the news here, um, and this is probably the biggest news of the week, it was announced that the uh, that Warner Brothers will be releasing their entire Ooh. 2021 slate on HBO Max the same day as the films hit the theaters with a 30-day window for each film. Um, like, so, with this- so for 30 days, that's there's only a 30-day window to watch them on? Yes, HBO so after Max? thirty after thirty days, they will no longer okay. be on HBO Max. Is basically what they're saying. Okay. Um, and this is crazy. Like this is, uh, they're they're saying that this is a model that will not extend past twenty twenty one. That being said, I look at it a little bit differently. I look at it as it being more like if this does well, right? If this if this experiment does well and it's very very profitable for the studios yeah i think that this will fundamentally change the landscape of how movies are released i really do yeah because if you can charge this is kind of what we were talking about before if you can charge 30 bucks for a first run movie and one person is going to spend that if they live by themselves or only one person's watching it right Mm. they're basically getting the price of two if not three ticket sales for one person right out of a movie right so if this does well i cannot see them not wanting to continue it for profit's sake 
you know? And this could have a, a, a big detrimental effect on theaters if if other companies start following suit and this and that. I just thought, like, um, I, I think that people are so desperate for a return to normal that once... People are going to be so afraid to go back for so long, though. I don't think Even so. Even when things dude. return to normal. I really, I, don't know. I really don't think so. Like, um, like people like look at look at what happened as soon as they opened up bars and restaurants and stuff people fucking flock to them you know that's true that's true i think that um and especially if we get these vaccines going and stuff yeah people are going to be out in droves man oh that's true uh films of note though include uh godzilla versus kong mortal Kombat, the third conjuring movie suicide squad um dune matrix four um yeah, there's a lot of big movies coming out from Warner Bros. this year, and they're all going to be available same day, which is exciting for me because I don't have to leave my fucking house. That's a shitload of money which to spend, is though, dude. Awesome. Does it say the um, price point? How much it's it going to cost? It does actually? not. I'm, I'm, I said thirty bucks because I know that's like what Mulan was <laughs> <Yeah>. on Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, so who knows what they're going to price that? If it was twenty bucks for a movie, though, I mean, once every couple months, that's not terrible. These are only available know? for thirty days, though. But again. Going to see it in a theater, you're only there for an hour and a half. Yeah, but my point is, let's say, okay, so Godzilla versus Kong, Mortal Kombat, The Conjuring, The Devil, uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, The Suicide Squad, Malignant. How many out of and Dune, Matrix Four? Out of all of those, how many of them do you want to see? All of them. Right, and you only have a 30 day window to watch all. Of no, them. no, it's a 30 day per movie. So their release dates are sticking. So it's like whenever whenever one releases, like for example, um, oh, uh, Kong, Godzilla okay. vs Kong is coming out May twenty first. So you'll have okay. until the twenty first of the following month to watch it. Okay. So they they, they all still. Have I the thought same you meant they dates. were all dropping on the same day, and then you have no, thirty days no, no, to no, watch no. them. Okay, that makes no, because they're still going to be in theaters. Okay. That that you know, regardless. Sure, sure. So. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Sense. So like once a month, dropping <laughs> dropping twenty thirty bucks to watch a new movie. Yeah, that's not that bad. Hello, James. Is anybody home? Fuck off. <laughs> you didn't anyway, say though, that originally. Uh, all right. That was uh, that's the big news for this week, and that is all I have. That really is all you have. That's it. I'm I'm tapped out. There's nothing else that you offer. Unfortunately, we still need to offer our thoughts on these two movies this week. Uh, two movies that. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they were. They were. Okay. They're movies. They're defi- <laughs> I mean, like in the in the in the general uh, concept and je- definition of a movie, they are movies. They are movies. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so, so we're we're, we're gonna, gonna take, take a quick, quick break, break. and uh, oh. when we get back, we will uh, speak in in tandem again <laughs> for the rest of the show. We have this that whole thing s- planned out. It would be so annoying. <laughs> when we get back, we'll uh, we'll talk about a couple of uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, titles. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. are back talking about some mary elizabeth winstead mm-hmm. right 
Yeah. So ugly. <laughs> Such a dog, bro. Listen, uh, it's it's there's a there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, uh, beautiful beautiful actresses in the world, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. She is one of them. Yeah, yeah. She's what? She's a babe. She's what? Babe. She's a babe. A babe. A yeah. babe. <laughs> And that's not her only attribute. She's actually a good actress. Really good actress. Okay, now that we're done do- uh, gawking here. Um, the <laughs> yeah, first not movie. Ob- not to objectify. We do the same thing with like Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. Babe. Total babe. Whoa. He's also a good actor, but total babe. Dirk Diggler. Whoa. Schwanz. <laughs> oh, too bad it was fake, right? Uh, yeah, I can't imagine that uh, good old Marky Mark's not packing some heat, though. I'm just, just putting that out there, if you know what I mean. Yeah. All right, uh, the first movie we're talking about this week, though, is Black Christmas. Not the first movie. Not, not the, the last, third movie. Not the third movie. The the first remake, a.k.a. the second movie. Make any sense? Nope. Fucking go with it. Nope, sure um, doesn't. So otherwise known as Black Xmas, as the DVD says. Oh, because you know, they had to be they had to be a little edgy there. Wow, it's that is Xmas, super edgy. Not not Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is from 2006, directed by Glenn Morgan. Uh, Glenn Morgan was the same guy that directed Willard, the uh, the Willard oh. remake with Crispin Glover. With Crispin Glover, the man who doesn't age. Yeah, right. Uh, so fun story. Did you know that both movies that we're talking about tonight are connected in more ways than just Mary Elizabeth Winstead? I did know that, and that's why I picked these two movies. Oh, what's that reason? I have no idea. Yeah, so both of these movies ended the director's directing careers. (laughs) Really? Both of them. Really? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Um, Glenn Morgan uh, did Willard, which bombed in in theaters. Okay, and uh, he had said that if Black Christmas bombed again, that he will never direct again. Oh, and he hasn't, except for a couple of I think a couple of episodes of some TV maybe. But like well, he has walked away from from big Hollywood basically. Dude, you know what? Then you fu- you don't deserve to be a success. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Like you how to, many? You gotta eat a lot of shit as a director. Yeah, how many fuck? How many directors out there have? Eaten shit time and time again and and pressed on with the yeah. heart of a champion and just waited for their time to shine, you know? And it, it eventually came. So, Glenn Morgan? Gefiltefish. Like, if you're gonna, if you're just gonna give up because you had a couple of flops, then you've, you fucking, it's you a tough business. It, I will say this it's a tough business. Not everybody's cut out for it. Yeah, you know, I don't think that makes you less of a man if that's the case. But I um, think it, it, I think it makes you exactly less. Of oh, a man. oh, okay. Well, then I guess, <laughs> I guess, fuck off, Glenn Morgan. Um, the synopsis here, uh, which is no different than the original movie, yeah. on Christmas Eve, an escaped maniac returns to his childhood home, uh, which is now a sorority house, and begins to murder the sorority sisters one by one. Um, just interesting a good, cast. Just here. a good fun time, you know. It's a good, I, time, good, okay. good Christmas fun time. You and I watched this movie over our little Zoom hangout the other night. We did, yep. And we had thoughts about the movie then. <laughs> Since then, it's you know marinated in my brain for okay. a couple of days here. Oh, and uh, I I almost find myself looking back back on it more fondly than I thought of it while we were watching it, and I don't yeah. know why. Like it was not a good movie. No, like it's it's not it's not a, a masterpiece. Definitely not a masterpiece, um, and it's not even a good movie. Yet there's something about it that was sort of fun, I guess. And I think it has to do with what I what I had mentioned it was an to you. Early, it was an early two thousand slasher movie. Like this is 
this is is for for a guy who hate or for a guy who likes shitty movies. This I, is I do the bread and butter. It, I, feel I like, like sometimes shitty movies, you let, but I don't know, man. I feel like sometimes you let certain arbitrary things cloud your judgment when it comes to shitty well, movies. Well, first off, first off, you agreed with me that this movie was terrible while we were watching it. <laughs> but I also, but I also, but I also picked it because I had seen it before and. Oh, you had? I didn't know that. And didn't and didn't hate it. You know what I mean? I equated it like this. It's like I love trash cinema, right? But not all bad cinema is trash cinema, and not all trash cinema is bad cinema. Yeah. I think I said that last week, actually, or you said that last week, and we couldn't figure out how to say it, but that's it. <laughs> but this is kind of the same thing, because I this movie reminded me a lot of, and probably because of the original, but it did remind me of like an old like 80s B-movie slasher, like Maniac or something like that, right? It had that same charm to it, but it looked like a newer movie. And I, I don't know if it was necessarily that that was that was it, but there was something about this movie that just seemed like it was made. It was like it was an '80s B movie that was made in the wrong era. Is, yeah. is sort of how this movie. Well, felt. it was an '80s. It was an '80s B movie that was made in the like. Okay, it was a it was an '80s B movie made in the wrong era, but with no attempt to make it fit with other movies from the correct era because there's been yeah there's been movies made in the past five ten years that were supposed to be um you know kindred spirits with 80s trash cinema sure and they were made very specifically to look and feel like 80s trash cinema but a lot of times whereas this one was a, a modern revamp uh as far as the looks were concerned. Yeah. But Your as far as the feel was concerned, they were still trying to feel like an 80s trash cinema movie and it just didn't like it didn't work. Yeah, the mid 2000s horror scene was a lot of those ensemble cast, you know, yeah. type horror movies. Um even I mean, I think it started to break up a little bit around the later 2000s, but like mid 2000s was still very much that. And you're right. That's what most horror movies like studio horror movies felt like back then this movie did not fit with its contemporaries at all like it just, it just didn't fit with them right um and maybe that's what it was because it really did feel like even down to the way that the um that billy the like the killer stabs his victims was very like 80s slat like like 80s b movie you know it was yeah. very kitschy it was yeah. you know um the the <clears throat> weinsteins produced this <sighs> The Weinsteins. Oh, um, they produced this movie, and apparently there's a lot of studio interference where they wanted it to be more gory and bloody and this and that. And the director wanted to kind of pull the reins back and have it be what it was, right? Yeah. Because the original wasn't crazy, over the top, gory or anything like that. You know, it was more about the characters. Yeah. And he wanted that to be the same thing for this one. So there's a lot of studio back and forth, which also ruined his his time making this movie. Yeah. Um, but let's get into some cast here. Uh, you have Katie Cassidy, who plays Kelly. Uh, Katie Cassidy, uh, I know her from Arrow and uh, the the Arrowverse, if you will. She's a you know the Flash, those CW shows. She was the Black Canary, um, as well as some other characters on those shows. Uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, uh, Trachtenberg, Berg, <laughs> Trachtenberg, uh, played Melissa. Uh, she was in Euro Trip and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all that good stuff. She was for, she was Harriet the Spy, dude. Harriet the fucking Spy, <laughs> right? 
we should call her to the state. Figure out why it's so hairy in the mitt. <laughs> right? Uh, move on. <laughs> uh, Lacey. Mary, oh, well, okay. I'll yeah, do a Lacey Chal- Lacey Chalbert. Um, Chabert. Sh- Chabert. I think it's uh, Chabert. We, we were talking about when we were watching the movie. She looks familiar. We couldn't figure out where she was from. She's in fucking Mean Girls. That's where we know her from. No, neither one of us said we can't figure out where she's from because I know exactly where she's from. She's Gretchen Wieners, dude. Whoa. Sorry, James. Her I father place her. Her, her father was the inventor of the toaster strudel. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, no, no. She's not the one that you she's not the one that you were saying. Who was the one that I was figure. talking about then? You were talking about uh and uh, Jan K. Crystal Lowe. And I oh. and and to be honest with you, I still don't know what she's from. Um, okay, fair like enough. Like she she looked very she looked very familiar, but I still don't I still do not know what she's from. She was in. Uh, I'm looking up. Oh, she's in Final, Final Destination Final Three. Final Destination Three and Hot Tub Time Machine. It might be Hot Tub Time Machine that I know her from because I've watched that movie so many fucking times. <laughs> I love just, that movie. It's so it's good. It's just a good movie to put on in the background after you've seen it two or three times. It's, in the it's, background. It's, shame no it's no it no no no. after you've seen it two or three times and you've actually watched it it's one of those good movies it's like uh it's like mall rats or empire records you just mm. put it on in the background and let it yeah, go okay, while, you're, while you're going about your business she's also on snakes uh uh she was also in snakes on a plane that's fun yeah <laughs> she's also what a babe um Whoa! so <laughs> uh uh who else is in this besides Oh, Mary Elizabeth our, uh, Winstead oh, is in this yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, her. Yeah, she plays Heather. Uh, she's set up in this movie as, like, she's kind of like the... It's funny. She's not really the lead in this. It's 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 kind of weird. We thought she was going to be. Like, they set her up as to be, like, sort of the heroine. And she was, well, but also wasn't at the same time. They... they Well, no, they... It's kind of weird. So they set the movie up with uh, Katie Cassidy in the car with um with her dude, you know? What was his name? I can't remember. Um, uh, Oliver Hudson, Kyle. Kyle, of course he's a fucking Kyle. Fucking Kyle. Um, <laughs> so you kind of know right off the the get go that uh, right from the get go that Katie Cassidy's character Kelly is the the like the final girl, but they they kind of set her up as sort of a shitty person too. Kind of. And. Every- Every and girl t- in this house kind of sucked. Oh, every girl in this house sucks balls. They all they're all terrible except oh, for <laughs> except for uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character Heather actually yeah. seems like kind of the the nice one out of all. That's why them. I was saying that she was sort of set up to be the heroine because she was the only nice one of the group. Like you could kind of see that her character was different than the rest. Right. You know? So you kind of you kind of got the impression that she was being set up as she was going to be the final girl. She was going to be this and that. And she I mean she was to a certain degree, but she also wasn't as much as I thought she was going to be. No, she dies. I mean, it's like just Not probably early, a little, but like a little earlier than I expected her to. Movie, but and also, she like if you're gonna if you're gonna kill off the girl who's like sort of the saving grace out of all this entire group of terrible people, um, at least give her a better death scene. Yeah, her death scene sucked. It was like a like you just saw a splatter of blood on the on the the car window. And yep. That was it. I was like, yep. all that lead up, all that lead up to her kill, and you're just gonna throw some blood on the window. <laughs> It's like, 
I want to see her get her eyes stabbed out. <laughs> there was lots of eye stabbing in this. There movie. was a lot of eye gout. Like I, the, I made the people, mention too the, that the killers in this movies ha- in this movie had a thing with eyes. They really that liked... plastic bags. I said the the plastic bag budget of this movie was very high. Dude, at the beginning of this movie, <laughs> the the prop department went out and they bought an entire. Uh, I have one under my sink right now. It's a it's a fucking it's a giant box of eighty. 13 gallon bags and they were like we're gonna use the shit out of these things and that was not like they they split it between them and craft services they're like you guys get 40 of them we get 40 of them and we're gonna we're gonna make every single kill in this movie involve a fucking plastic bag that was the entire budget of the props department too they had like eight bucks that was that was their budget (laughs) (laughs) no don't get the don't get the flex seal ones do not get the flex seal ones. <laughs> which it's which too is, expensive, dude. Yeah, yeah. And then and then also because they only had eight bucks, which is why they had to get the, the murder weapon from like things remembered. Like they had they they ran to the mall and got got the little glass unicorn. <laughs> unicorn. That works. <laughs> well, no, that was a callback to the original, was it not? Um honestly I, seen, I don't I have remember. not seen the original since the last we time it. we did it on the show. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, so it's been a while, but I'm if I'm not mistaken, the Crystal Unicorn was one of the the objects. I think you're right. That I were think used you're to right. Murder people in the first one. That sounds familiar, at least. Maybe that'll be a correction for next week. That but, might uh, be a correction. Speaking of the original movie, uh, in this one, uh, Mrs. M- or Miss Mac, who was like the house mother, was yeah. actually from the original Black Christmas. Yeah. Uh, she played a character called. Um, oh God, I thought I had it written down here, and I don't. Uh, she was. It's a four-letter name, and I can't remember it now. Look it oh, up. Phil, I think. Phil, yes, Wasn't that's the Phil? one. Yeah. Yep, yep. She played Phil in the original. Um, I I really wish they could have gotten uh Margot Kidder to come back to yeah, be the house mother. Cool. That would have been amazing. But like uh, the, but they the, didn't. The girl who plays um, uh, actually, how, how old would Margot Kidder be in two thousand six? Pretty old, huh? <laughs> Older. I mean, not dead yet. Older, <laughs> older. But uh, I was gonna say the uh, the woman that they had play. Uh, was it Claire? Maybe. Claire? The girl who came back and she was looking for his sister? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that, was Claire? that Claire? Who was that? I can't was remember. Lee? Lay? No, Lay was... Lee was... Oh, it was Lee. Yeah, Lee. Lee. It was what. Lee. Yeah, Claire was the... We the... just watched this movie two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lee was... No, we watched it yesterday, didn't we? Oh, no, it was two days ago. No, it was two ago. days ago. Um, Lee was the the uh, older sister. The older sister that could have yeah. been Margot Kidder. Yeah, that. But that would she? Been, but would she have been? Uh, she too would, old? She might have been, been, been older. Too old for that yeah, role. she would have been too old for that role. Yeah. Uh, so they, basically, here's here's what happened. It's the same thing as the original movie. You have a house full of sorority sisters. It's Christmas Eve. They're all there together. Their families like hate them. They're all kind of pissy about having to be there. Um, the Miss Mac. So, some of them are drunk. Some of them are just completely hammered. Miss Mac, the house mother, is just trying to keep tradition alive by doing the the gift to Billy because everyone knows the story about Billy that lived in the house and he was a murderer and this and that. Little do they know that Billy escaped from uh, the penitentiary that he was in and he's coming back home. Billy's coming back home, right? So uh, he gets back there. People start getting offed one by one. You have the character of Kyle who is dating um, Mary Elizabeth Winsett's character, Heather. You come to find out that Kyle's also banging one of the no, other no, girls no, no, in the house. No, 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 you messed it up. 
he was oh, he was he was dating uh, um, Katie Cassidy's character. Ah, uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, he was dating Kelly, but he was banging uh, one of the other chicks. One of the other chicks in the house. <laughs> yeah, there's he made like a whole video. It was there's, a thing. There's 19 girls in this house, so it's hard to keep track of <laughs> which one is which. Um. So yeah. So it's basically that though. There's a killer in the house. It's it's very standard fare. You know, they get off one by one. They're scrambling around trying to either get out of the house or find the killer. Then you have this weird backstory of of the whole uh, the story of Billy and how Billy's uh, Billy's mother is also the ch- the the mother of his child, right? So, yeah. So Billy's Billy's daughter is also his sister yes yeah it's yeah it's bizarre he's also a cannibal and he made beef jerky out of skin which actually looks pretty good to be honest with you yeah they used bacon so that's why did they really yeah it was just bacon (laughs) it was a tough piece of bacon then because he really had to like rip at it he overcooked it whatever still tastes good so we don't need to do the whole you've either you've either seen you've either seen this movie or you haven't yeah and if and if you have then join us if you haven't probably better off for it but it's, also just watch it just because yeah, it's weirdly like, i for as much as we were talking earlier about how like there's parts of it that i liked because of what it was because it reminded me of an old 80s movie with you know yada 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 it's not a great movie at all like oh, it's no. it's poorly written it's pretty poorly acted it's it's I would say poorly directed, but I know that the studio had a lot of interference with the way he directed it. This so I'm not going to put that all on him. This is one um, of those movies where once you once you mention that, it's pretty evident that studio interference was rampant. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because so many of the ideas are so fucking stupid. <laughs> it's just like you can just you can just picture one of the like one of the Weinstein assholes or something just being like, hey. You gotta do like you gotta do this, and it's like, eh, but that doesn't really fit with the movie. No, you gotta, you have to do it. You have, yeah, to. we gotta have it. Yeah, you it's know? it's it's not great. Um, who made hey, the fucking wh- hey, decision? Hey, what if the what if the what if the fuse box is under the house? No fuse box is nobody, in the open crawl space underneath but, the house. But nobody would put a fuse God. box. In it. No, no, no. <laughs> what if it was under the house though? And somebody and somebody had to crawl under there. Now and, that you say it again, do it. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Who made the decision we'll, we'll, on that we'll fucking title screen? Oh God, the title it was, screen was. It was the worst title thing. screen I've seen for any movie I think that I've ever watched. It was there, like it was the title screen, and then they used that same font every time they would do a flashback. And the flashbacks in this movie, dude, were so jarring. Yeah. Because every time they would go to a flashback. It was supposed to be some pretty serious content, you know, like some pretty fucked up stuff. But there was a, there was something about them that seemed comedic in a way. It it, it seemed comedic or or, because satir- or satirical or par- like a parody or this something. This movie like, didn't know what it wanted to be. Right. Like it, it really didn't have a set tone. Yeah. Which was part of its downfall because, like you're saying, some some of the the some of the scenes almost had like a comedic element to it, but you don't know if it was intentional or not. Right. Um. I mean, maybe it was, and they just like the the. And if it was intentionally know, comedic, it didn't fit with the rest of the. No, it didn't. It it really didn't. Um, it didn't. It was weird. Like you have Billy in in the jail cell. There's this whole thing of the Santa coming down, and randomly there's a Santa just wandering the halls of a prison. I don't understand how that happens. 
the Santa I thought was funny, dude. <laughs> like him as a person, like as a as a as a part, as a bit. I thought he was really funny and entertaining. Like when he's hitting on the on the the nurse and stuff like that. Yeah, that was actually I thought really it was good. funny, but yeah, the whole idea of Santa Claus coming to to like deliver joy to the people in the fucking nut house. It's like well, <laughs> what? That's and he so ends stupid. up though. He ends up on that level because he <clears> said he took a wrong turn. How do you just make a wrong turn in a prison and start walking down like the the most hardened criminals like criminal row? You know, like how, that doesn't happen. It, it's well, not it wasn't possible. A, it wasn't a prison. It was a psych. Uh, psych Sanitar- sanitarium yeah it's basically arkham asylum is what it sounded like in the beginning <laughs> it really did there was a voice that very much sounded like the joker coming from <laughs> coming from this asylum but um yeah they, they let apparently they let billy have christmas lights in his jail cell which that, totally that wouldn't happen would never happen no. ever no um exactly for this reason because he got out and escaped. <laughs> well, that or, I mean, like, I, you, you're not going to, like, somebody who's criminally insane, you're not going to give them the tools to with either which, hang with themselves which or to hang themselves. Yeah. You know? And it's the fact just, that they give them a candy cane and stuff. Like, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, but also, it's a, it's also a stupid slasher movie. So you got to kind of look past that stuff. Yeah. Emphasis on stupid. Cause yeah. uh, that's, dude, yeah, some I don't of the, know, like, the end of this movie went on. For so long, I have a theory about that. And it, okay, let's hear it. My theory is that the ending of this movie, the, like everything that takes place in the hospital, I think that was tacked on to the movie after it was edited because they realized that they didn't have they didn't an hour an and a half. They didn't have an hour oh. and a half runtime. Yeah, I think because the movie absolutely could have ended with the house burning down. That's the where the movie should have ended. Have ended. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's 15 no way minutes that tacked there's no on. way that those two people could have. Uh, Agnes and Billy, after ha- being doused in paint thinner, yeah, and then set ablaze. There's no way that they. There's no way a that they would have gotten out of the house alive. No, they were B, in between the fucking walls. They weren't going to go anywhere. Well, also, there's, there's no the, easy way out when the when the building the house is on fire and they're in the walls. They can't just run and escape. Right, and the and the fire crew wouldn't have found them. No, in between the walls, they would have been. They would have been in there burnt crispy. And, and when you see them at the morgue, they're like not a hair they is burnt are untouched. On them. Billy's burnt on his face a little bit. A little bit, but not near. But Agnes, no. Agnes is untouched by the flame, and and then then they come in and they they somehow got them to the morgue in body bags, and apparently the paramedics never checked their pulse or anything because they're both still alive. I don't know. Maybe they're supernatural. I I don't think that's a part of this movie, but you know. And, you never know, and I, I just I also have to bring up too, the role of Agnes is bizarre to me. Yeah, and and I'm wondering if I'm missing something. So Agnes was the product of incest between Billy's mother and Billy and Billy. Yes, she was pissed off because her husband fell asleep while they're having sex, so she went up in the attic and she basically raped Fuck Billy. Your son. I mean, and, I and mean that's she, what normal families do, right? Totes, totes, man. I've seen documentaries about it. <laughs> but but then there's oh my god. Um so Agnes is born and she becomes the light of the mother's life and you know she's uh she treats her like a queen, at least what she thinks is treating her like a queen in her eyes, which is giving her presents while she gets hammered 
Um, and then Billy escapes from the the attic. He kills the mother and the stepfather, and he, mm-hmm. you know, beats the piss out of the out of Agnes. And you you think that she's dead. So spoiler alert: turns out Agnes is not dead. Everything I'm I'm, I'm leading up to the fact that Agnes. There's no they they never they never say anything about like any anything other than the fact that she was a little girl who her face got all messed up because of what Billy did to her and blah 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 blah. But then they made the choice to the actor that played Agnes as a 21 year old was quite obviously a very large man in his 50s. Correct. Am I, I missing something? No, I I think that it was it was a choice they made in, in the casting to make the character look differently, probably. Um, like I would have understood, like Agnes was supposed to be all scarred, her face was supposed to be all scarred because of what Billy had done to her. Yeah, you know, like he ripped one of her eyes out and ate it, and he bashed her face in with that, uh, with with a uh, Billy like did a have crystal a thing ornament about or something, eyes, didn't he? Yeah, he loved. Yeah, he loved, loved like eating eyes. So her face was supposed to be all messed up, but this version of Agnes that you get when she's supposedly twenty one for the rest of the movie, she's not scarred up. She's nope. literally she's she she looks like if if Iggy Pop started doing steroids. <laughs> and got that really like jacked out square jaw look to him. Yeah. That's what she looked like for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And she it, was like and she was like six four. It was a bit weird. I think that I think like I said, I think it was a choice. Such a bizarre choice. I think that it was a choice to just make her look different, being that she was the product of inbreeding and all that stuff. I think that was just the idea of it. But like it's kind of like with everything else from this movie, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and it really wasn't thought through, I don't think. Like it just it just was what it was. Um, there's like the the whole ending the the ending part. Like I said, I I feel like the ending was tacked on to add for screen time. That's just uh, speculation on my part on my part. But like it's it very much seems like that. Like they edited the movie and it came in short and they needed to add a bunch. So <laughs> that's like, tacked oh, on this shit. ending. That doesn't make any sense. Like oh yeah, like you have Billy is apparently crawling around on top of a drop ceiling in a hospital. Have you ever put in a fucking drop ceiling? There ain't no one crawling around in a drop ceiling. Billy apparently weighs seven pounds. Less than. I'm pretty sure a seven pound would crash through those tiles. (laughs) He weighs the same as about a sack of oranges, and that's it. (laughs) Now, in a a building like that, would there be a... um, So you'd have the drop ceiling, but would there be like steel beams above the drop ceiling that he could crawl around on? not i mean I, I suppose that's possible but no because you still have to crawl no it just it, it doesn't no matter how you slice it it doesn't work <laughs> it's stupid speaking of things that don't work uh, i'm pretty sure that the uh the jumper paddles don't give you 70 degree burns when you use them on <laughs> on flesh <laughs> hey that's why they say clear right before they shock you oh is that it yeah because they don't want to stay burn clear you to of the burn crisp. yeah gotcha gotcha um yeah i um that it, it nothing made sense about the end of this movie. My my favorite thing was that uh, they're locked in a room, right? Uh, what's her What's her fuck was locked in a room. Uh, who Kelly. was it? Kelly, yeah. And she busts out the little square window of her of her her room in the hospital. She busts out the little square window with her IV uh, cart thing, right? The little yeah. that stand or whatever. Yeah. And here's the, and this is what killed me. You're in a hospital. 
there's somebody in the hall emptying towels off of a rack while she's busting out the window with her little uh, her IV rack. Mm-hmm. And the person putting away the towels, not 20 feet from that door, never once turns around and looks, oh, what's that sound? Somebody's breaking out of a fucking hospital room. <laughs> like, never, I don't know why that small little detail got me so much, but I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> was he out there the whole time? Yes. <laughs> you probably didn't even notice him, but he was right there at the end of the hall, just putting towels on a rack or whatever, while this woman is busting out of her room, no care in the world down. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's those little things that get me, you know? There could be huge plot holes. I'll give, I'll give, uh, uh, you know, I'll forgive it. Those little tiny details, though, are the ones that get me. Like the fucking drop ceiling, or the dude at the end of the hall. They they, they kill me. <laughs> the drop ceiling. The drop ceiling was probably the most egregious one. It Even was, if there yeah. was steel beams to crawl around on, eventually, because I think they implied that the one woman's body was up in the ceiling, leaking down into the light. You know, toward the end. Oh yeah, you might be right. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Man. Oh, this whole movie's so stupid. It is. But if like you, you said. There's still there's still some aspects of it that it's not like it's not it is it's like a lot of the bad movies that we already like. If you go into it knowing that it's bad, you're going to get some enjoyment out of it based on just what it is. Yeah, it's a it's a decently fun mid aughts slasher. Yeah, that that really does harken back to the old '80s B movies. Yeah. That being said, if you want to watch a better version of this movie, just watch the fucking original, right. <laughs> because that exists from that era, and it's a better movie. Although we have not watched the the new one, I so. don't have high hopes for it. I don't I'm, I'm either. Not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I don't either, but we'll see. <laughs> um. Anyway, though, that's Black Xmas. Uh, that's I don't Black think Christmas. there's much else to say about it. We didn't oh, really hey, say Mary we Elizabeth were... Winstead was in it. That's uh, what we're supposed to be talking about. She was great. I she, mostly, she was the this, only good thing about it. I mostly, we, we, this was this was you know, obviously an actor spotlight. I, I also wanted to include something that had to do with Christmas because it's the Christmas season. Fair enough. So I picked this one just kind of figuring we'll twist it in there. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in this movie. Yeah, and that's she was really actually. all you can say. That's she was really actually it. probably the best character in the movie, to be honest. Yeah, the southern accent was... Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. not the greatest. The southern accent was not the greatest. Uh, the southern belle look does, was, doesn't fit her. Mm. It, it seems out of place. The southern belle look fits her. Oh, the fine. look, but not the... not The, yeah, the accent was not, not a the, little the, questionable. The stupid drawl. <laughs> now, what did fit her well was the look of paleontologist, I thought. I agree 100%. So moving on here. Nice segue, James. Thanks, man. Moving on here to The Thing uh, from 2011, the little-known Thing movie that was actually a prequel, not a remake, and it's actually, on one hand, a lot better than you might think that it is, and on the other hand, it's just as bad as you might think it is. <laughs> it's a real 50-50 split for me. Um, what I, the hell do you mean by that, Michael? I, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, this is directed by, okay, I'm going to get this name wrong, but uh, it is what it is. Matthias van Heigengang. I'm I'm not there yet, but I'm assuming you're wrong. Matthias you're... Matthias van Heigengang. Well, I can tell you that you're wrong about the the name Matthias. It's what probably you... Matthias. Oh. oh, you might be right. 
Oh, it's, it's got the, it's got it. This has got to be Norwegian. Oh, it is. J's got to be silent. Like though, who right? who the hell puts a J after an I? That's what I'm saying. Though the J's <laughs> got to be silent. Something. It's like Matthias, maybe. Matthias Van. Oh God, there's so many J's everywhere. I know. <laughs> there's actually only two. There's there's a lot of I's and a G that are Matthias, that are <laughs> Matthias Van Hen, Henningen. Henningen. Yeah. Junior. So whatever. Um, it's a no- it's a junior. Don't leave uh, that from out. This for- from this part forward, he'll be known as the Norway guy. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, at an Dir- Antarctica- directed by a Norway guy. Norway guy. Sorry. Go ahead. At an- at an Antarctica research site, the discovery of an alien craft leads to a confrontation between graduate student Kate Lloyd and scientist Dr. Sander Halverson. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays Kate Lloyd, the, the lead. She's a <coughs> badass in this movie. Loved her character uh, in this movie. A uh, 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 badass. A uh, bad. Badass. Bebess, a bebess, a bebess. Yeah, she uh, she shines in this movie. I actually thought her role was perfect, perfectly cast. Everything was great. Oh I yeah. Do, I do have a gripe about the way that they wrote the movie, but but we'll get there later. It has nothing to do with her. Okay. Uh, Dr. Sander Halverson was played by Ulrich Thompson, um, who was not the first choice uh, cast. There was another guy that they shot for about a week with, and they fired him because of his alcoholism. Oh, cheers! cheers. Uh, apparently, <laughs> cheers, apparently cheers, he was good. a wreck on set. Like he was uncontrollable. Who was And this? they fired him after a week of shooting. Who was this? I, there? Was another actor? I forget. I, I don't know his actual name, but there was no, no, no. Actor. Who? The, which? Which act? Like which uh, role? Uh, Halverson, Doctor Halverson. Oh, the guy who? Okay, okay, yep. okay. So yep. uh, Ulrich Thompson was not the original, but uh, yeah. So here's the thing: there's a lot of characters in this movie. I'm not going to yeah. go through every single one of them. There's only a couple that I want to highlight. Lars, for example, was one of my favorite characters in the movie. Lars was also the... one of the most important. Yeah. When you're when you're considering the lead up to John Carpenter's the thing. I I yeah he actually, he is the link actually between the two movies. Correct. So yeah. Lars uh, <clears throat> was played by a guy named uh, uh, Horhan Horhan Jorgen 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 Langhell. There Jorgen Langhill? Yeah, sure. Listen, when there's a, an, an O with a line through it, I don't know what the fuck that means, okay? <laughs> Come on. Um, you have... Uh, he's... It, means it's, it means it's of Odin. Oh, does it really? Yeah, totally. Are, are you making that up? <laughs> yes, totally. I, I believe it, though. Shit. Um, gotta... <laughs> then you also have Eric Christian Olsen, who plays Adam, who is Dr. Halverson's uh, assistant, basically, lab yeah. assistant. Which I had a really, really hard time taking him seriously in this movie because I'm just because you're to used s- to seeing him in like fucking not another teen movie. And yeah, shit. he always plays like the dumb snowboarder jock guy. Like <laughs> yeah. that's like that's like his character. Uh-huh. Uh, he actually was Lloyd Christmas in the Dumb and Dumber movie. Yeah, the really <laughs> the d- bad Dumb and Dumb and, dumb dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He was in just a lot of really fucking bad movies. Uh, he was good in this. I just. They needed to fucking cut his surfer hair, though. If they would have just given him a haircut, I would have yeah. taken his character so much more seriously in this movie. It was the 80s, though, you know? Yeah, I don't even think that haircut was big in the 80s. Give him mm. a quaff. Yeah, like a, he give, needed give more him like of a Give him like a Farrah Fawcett yeah, quaff. Right. That would have yeah. been... Well, nothing about dude. this movie felt like the 80s, by the way. No, that's nothing. the that's kind of the one... I mean, I had a few gripes about it, but that's, that's one of... The, like, they should have made it feel more... Uh, period appropriate, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it says in the beginning 1982, 
but then past that point, nothing really makes you feel like you're in the in the 80s. It doesn't. I actually feel like they spent more time worried <laughs> about getting the... And they did a really, really good job of this. The The base camp of this Norwegian camp or whatever is yeah. like picture perfect to the Norwegian camp at the end of John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, yeah. And they fantastic. spent a lot of time. Like there's a scene where... Um, I forget which character it was, but he has an axe at one point in time, and he and he thrusts an axe into the wall, mm-hmm. and then Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character is like, "I wouldn't touch that anymore because there's blood all over." Because there was the blood alien from and, the thing, yeah, or from the thing, yeah. And the thing is, though, is that in the original Carpenter movie, when they go to visit the Norwegian site, the axe is in the wall. The axe is in the wall. Like they did that's a really one of the good job. That I, like if like that's one of the, and I'll just say this. I could have said this toward the end of the episode, but I'll say it right now. That's one of the things that I do love about this movie is yep. that they were pretty meticulous in how they set the scene of, of this outpost yep. to make it um, seamless into the other movie. To, yeah, to, to, to make it faithful to John Carpenter's The Thing. I because agree. Because this being a prequel, it means that at some point, you know, the the, the dudes from uh, John Carpenter's The Thing went and explored the scene at this outpost. And you see the things that you see in John Carpenter's movie. They, they, they were pretty meticulous about making sure that the scene looked right. Looked right, felt right. Like it was like they were right. actually like when when you watch John Carpenter's thing, you see exactly what happened there, and it all makes sense. Right. That being said, I agree with you that it was really really good on that. That being said, this movie did one of the things that a lot of even movies nowadays suffer from, and they kind of at one point in time in the middle of the movie they went back to John Carpenter's greatest hits, and I hated it. They had a scene. They had to, they had to bring in the flamethrower. Right. The flamethrower was made famous by the John Carpenter movie. Why I would have loved it more if they would have had to fire could have maybe been a thing, but why did it have to be a fucking flamethrower? Like um, they did that because of John Carpenter's movie, and that's well, it. Well, I thought about that, and I was like, I was like, it made me think. Not only did they have to go to the flamethrower, but also, why do these, why do they have flamethrowers at these outposts ice in Antarctica? To, to melt ice, maybe I don't maybe? know. Maybe, but that doesn't but seem. It wasn't like just I... the flamethrower. There was the whole scene of the alien being outside and them burning it outside, and they're all standing around it. it was an, a lifted scene from the original. But you that just makes. The, but that makes sense, though. But it was still like, a lifted like scene. If you though, have a, it, it's it makes still sense, the same though. Thing. Like if you have an alien creature, you're gonna take it outside. To, you're not gonna burn it in the middle of your fucking building. You're gonna take it outside and you're gonna burn it. But again, they could have done it in a different way, though. It was like almost the exact same scene lifted. They also, but that they was also a, but figured out the, that was the like, blood test was exactly from John Carpenter's original. Why is it? Is it? Well, I, ho- but hold on. Wait, 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 wait. But no, they were going to do the blood test. They well, they they alluded to they the fact that they were yes. going to do the blood test from John Carpenter's movie, but then it got all fucked up, so they had to re- revert to something but, else. But the junk, but the 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 outpost thirty one people though had never seen that before. You're going to tell me that two different outposts they both somehow thought that oh let's do a blood test, right? It's too similar. It was no, it's it was just too, too similar. It was two outposts. Both with both which contained scientists, both who I understand exa- that. I just I think that it's way too 
it's way too um, convenient that both movies had a lot of the same beats towards the middle. They did. <clears throat> I, I, I wish that they would have had very, very separate approaches in how to deal with it. It would have made both movies stand out more themselves, and it would have made this movie definitely stand on its own legs better if it had its own thing. They, 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 to me, part of the script writing in the middle of this movie got a little bit lazy because they kind of started hitting a lot of the beats from the original movie, probably because the studio wanted them to, honestly. Um, yeah, you're, yeah, no, you're, it, that was distracting to me a little bit because it just shouldn't have been that way. You're not wrong, but some of it makes sense. Like, if you have these outposts, like, if one outpost in Antarctica has flamethrowers, then probably the other one is going to. That just makes sense. Yes, I I don't disagree with that. Like I said, though, and if it's, you have it's a one movie, out, though. They if can you have do whatever one outpost, they want. If you have one outpost who has scientists who, like, like using the scientific method to figure something out, one of the first things that you're going to think about when you find this alien life form is we need to investigate. We need to take a look at what this thing looks like on a cellular level if you have the means to do so. And they did. Sure. Right? So why wouldn't you look at the blood and the cells and figure out exactly what was going on? Yeah, I I still feel like they're... I don't know. I think the whole thing, though, my, my, my whole point in this is that they hit a lot of very similar beats. That's all. I just, I just wish that they would have written this in a way where even if they were going to hit those beats, they did it in a way that was different enough mm-hmm. to where it stood on its own. That's all. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that they kind of took the easy way out by highlighting things that happened in the original movie a bit too much. That's all. Um, I think, too, though, one of the things where we're talking about comparing the original with uh, with the new one is the original movie is by and large known for its practical effects. Like above anything else, the thing is regarded for its visual effects. Right. All of those visual effects were done practically, which is one of the highlights of the entire movie. It's got some of the most insane batshit crazy creature effects you'll you'll ever see in 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 a horror movie, right? Right. This movie, the 2011 prequel was originally shot with all practical effects by Tom Woodruff Jr. Yeah. His effects are incredible. He's the dude that was behind not only the makeup for, but acting uh, in Pumpkinhead. Uh, he's done, just look him up. His his accolades are a mile long. Like he's done fucking everything. Uh-huh. And they did all practical effects for this movie. And it's funny because when you watch footage of them at the red carpet premiere, they're talking about their effects. They're talking about how nice it was to have a fully, this fully um, uh, practical effects driven movie. Yeah. And then they saw the movie and all of their fucking work was completely shit on because the studio decided to cover up their practical effects with CG. With really bad and it's, CG too. With it's, I'm not going to say that it's really bad it's, CG. It's not all it bad. Doesn't, it's- it doesn't fit the movie though. That's the yeah. problem. Right. The the CG is so counterintuitive to the feeling of the rest of the movie that it stands out. It sticks out like a sore thumb. It's just like it's not good for the movie. It's not that it's bad CG. It's bad for this movie. Right. Is right. the problem. Every now and then you might see glimpses of the original effects like in play. Mm-hmm. Every now and then it kind of felt like oh that looked like it might have actually been real. You know. So. It's there, sort of. But I tell you what, 
one of the main downfalls of this movie was its effects. Yeah. It it's like if only they had just kept the practical effects. Like what's the point of making a prequel to The Thing if you aren't trying to recapture the focus of the original fans of The Thing, right? right. So by replacing the practical effects and putting the digital in means that you are completely misreading what people loved about this movie to begin with. So if you don't care about that, why the fuck are you even making this movie? Well, just for me on a personal you know? level, uh, for me on a personal level, like seeing, seeing the, seeing these things played out in C in, in CG. I don't know what it is because it, I mean, yeah, like, I, I, I didn't mean to see, I didn't mean, mean to say bad CG per se, but like, Seeing these things played out in CG compared to the original practical effects from John Carpenter's The Thing, there's something so much less intimidating to me sure. about about the monster in CG form. Because it looks fake. Because yeah, because it looks fake. Like there's there's like it, it, the way the way it moves is too fluid, you know? Like it's this is a this is a hulking, like sloppy, disgusting almost Lovecraftian sort of monster yeah. like oh very Lovecraftian yeah yeah it should it should be sort of like clumsy and and just gross to watch real which is which is captured better by practical effects and and it, and it just looks too it looks too agile you know in in CG it, it looks too much like it it like it knows what it's doing and to me the idea of um of the thing, this this creature who crash landed on on our Earth like a hundred thousand years ago, and is just sort of getting by. Like, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a it's obviously a species of of being that's like that's like way more advanced than ours because it's on a spaceship. It's traveling through it's traveling through space and it happened sure. to crash land. But not only is it on a strange planet where it doesn't really know what's going on, but it's also injured which is one of the reasons that it sort of ventured out into the snow and laid dormant for for hundreds of thousands of years in the snow waiting for a new warm body to inhabit there's something too uh like when you when you watch the cg there's something too uh adept about it you know what i mean like i like the idea of it being more sloppy and sort of like just kind of figuring shit out as it goes that's the difference between the thing in the original John Carpenter movie and the thing in this movie. You see it figuring out human life for the very first time in this movie. Whereas by the time it got to John Carpenter's, it already understands humans. It already right. understands how to move through it and disguise itself and everything else. Right. You know, one of the things that was great about this movie is that you see not only do you see the alien in its true form, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in this, but it's it's killing and attacking and doing its thing basically on a primal level it's just trying it's in self-preservation mode it's not until it infects its first person that it starts to understand you know human life and human uh activity and the whole deal right right so that's like the first time it starts to observe a body it takes quite a while to sure yeah to try and like mimic that body yeah, and then it uh, ends you, up you, in this like disgusting, you can actually, like half half absorbed human hybrid. Yeah, yeah, you can actually watch it, le- kind of learning its its place through all of this, which yeah. I think is actually really really cool. Um, 
there, like I said, there's parts of this movie that I thought were really awesome. Like I, I, I think that this movie is not essential to loving the original uh, uh, Carpenter movie, mm-hmm. but I believe that it's essential in story, right? I think that there is a lot of stuff that this movie gets right to where it makes enough to to me to say recommend it and watch it, right? Yeah. Um, but I I th- I just think that uh, like I said, the the effects in it are are it just really 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 drags it down. But the the fortunate part about that is that you get to see the thing in its original body. You get to see it it its reactions to the first time being in this world and all that. And I think that's very very interesting. Um, let's um let's go back to how this whole thing even happens, you know? Cause, cause like there's an entire alien ship in this movie, which was in the original as well. But like in this one, you see a lot more of it. Yeah. You know, or it's described at least. And, and you see a lot more of it. I actually, the, I, so I'd seen this movie before and the part where they actually go into the alien ship. I apparently repressed that because <laughs> it was like watching it brand new again. Yeah. <clears throat> and I and I I watched this movie just for the first time, like a year and a half ago or something like that, uh-huh. uh, and I didn't remember any of that, which was crazy. Did you <laughs> and fall it's asleep? Probably, at the it's end probably of the movie. because well, it's probably because for me that was the worst part of the movie. Honestly, when they like actually go into the alien ship, I that was a part of the movie to me that was completely unnecessary. Like I didn't really need to know anything about anything about the, you know, the operation of this ship or like w- what it was other than the fact that, you know, in, in John Carpenter's, the thing at the very beginning of the movie, you see the ship falling out of space. You see it. Well, you don't see it hit the earth, but eventually they find it. In this movie, they find it under the ground because yeah. it's still been it's still buried under the ice. That's really all I need to know about it. And leaving it a mystery is more scary to me than actually seeing it like in a semi-operational mode. I agree with you. However, um, there was an entire written but abandoned abandoned beginning and ending to this movie. Yeah. That actually has backstory and explanation for the alien craft. Okay. And it actually leads into one of the parts of the move that was the most befuddling to me. So at one point in time, you have the main characters um, uh, from the Norwegian team. You know, they're down. They're in the ship at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's it's what's it's it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead and uh, what's the other guy? Who's the the? Oh no! It's the, the other dude. American. Yeah, the other American. It's, um, played uh, it's by Joel Adam. Edgerton. Yeah, Adam. Yeah. It's so basically Adam and Kate are down in yeah. the uh, in the alien ship, and they're fo- they're following the last known thing basically down into the ship. Um, and what they come across on is they're walking through, and she comes up upon this weird looking boxy pixelated oh that pixelated thing yeah thing that looks completely out of place for this entire movie and it's uh-huh. really fucking weird and i remember watching i'm like what what is it supposed to be there's no explanation they never give explanation she's looking at it very inquisitively like it's like but they never go back to it right well here's the thing that wasn't a part of the original movie that was a <laughs> digital cover up for a dead alien pilot that was explained 
in the original opening of the film, but because they cut it, they couldn't show it, so they just <laughs> fucking put this stupid pixelating thing over top of it. Wow. That's there awful. A, there was a the, the pilot of the ship killed himself. But and he had like a slit throat or whatever. This alien slit its own throat to kill itself after it crash landed on Earth. And that's what was in that spot, that pilot. Okay, so did it did it kill itself? Because so the yeah, I have a whole explanation the, for this. The aliens. Well, let me see if I can guess it. So the so the 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 thing, yeah, wasn't actually part of the crew of that ship. That was actually a much more probably peaceful, a much more uh, um, could have been developed. Uh, because to me, that was one of the things that I that 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 struck me as odd was. They go back to this ship, which is at the peak of uh, of of uh, of technology, stuff that we've never seen on this earth before, and then we're supposed to believe that the things that flew this ship to Earth were these giant, disgusting, tentacled monsters. Like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. No. So the idea that the 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 thing that fell down or the thing that uh, was supposed to be floating right here mm-hmm. with its throat slit or whatever, yeah, it it got to Earth and it purposely killed itself so that this this yeah you're thing you're pretty much right on the money. Host. You're pretty much right on the money. Here's here's the here's the the thing that I got offline that I read. Originally, a different beginning and ending to the movie had been partially filmed, which would have shed more light on the thing's backstory. The prologue would have shown how the alien pilot purposely crashed the ship on Earth and then committed suicide. Later, an alien that was in the process of becoming the thing would exit the ship in order to kill itself by freezing itself in the ice. Mm. Uh at the end, uh, Kate enters the ship and she finds the interior littered with dead aliens, either dismembered, burnt, or in a state of transformation. In the central area, she sees the last alien pilot hanging with its throat slit, which is the one they covered up. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to director Matthias Van Halle, the uh, implication that the alien race piloting the ship was collecting other alien specimens. One such specimen was the thing which had broken out of its confinement pod, leading to the massacre amongst the aliens and other specimens similar to what happened at the Norwegian base. The Sander thing, uh, having taken form of the pilot, suddenly attacks Kate, but she holds it back by threatening to use a grenade to blow both of them up. Then Carter enters, uses his flamethrower on the pilot thing to fool Kate into believing that he is human. After early screenings, the studio didn't think the pilot thing was scary enough, and the climax was becoming too complicated with Kate trying to stop the Sander thing as well as discovering the thing's backstory at the same time. So the backstory was omitted, and a new computer-generated Sander thing was inserted at the last minute, and a Tetris-like animation was added to the scene where Kate enters the central area to hide the dead alien pilot. Hmm. Fucking stupid. <laughs> Movie studios don't fucking understand movies. I'm convinced of it. I'm that... completely fucking convinced of it. That would because that would have so been cool. such a better backstory to it would have added a lot to the movie yeah. I think like I can see them if it was shot badly I can see them being like listen we get what you're going for but it wasn't shot right maybe let's right. do some reshoots to to kind of up it a little bit make it better but to completely omit this very important part of a story what the yeah. fuck are you thinking like yeah I 
fucking hate it, man. I love movies so much that I hate when stupid people are in charge of them. Well, and it makes me even more angry because, like I said, that when you see this high-tech spaceship and then you think, oh, this fucking disgusting tentacle beast is the thing that flew this here. Yeah. You go, no, that doesn't doesn't add up. Something about that doesn't seem right. And then you discover that there was a whole backstory that would explain why the disgusting tentacle beast was there and that it was actually a much more highly evolved race of aliens that that crash landed that like it all kind of falls into place and it gives you a really good well-rounded story and and then you know some jackass comes in and goes nah just put a fucking tetris thing there (laughs) it'll be all right it's just it's just dumb man like that sucks i I think that this movie had all the makings to actually be a really, really good addition to the thing storyline. I would actually love to see a remake of this movie. I really would. A second, <laughs> yeah. a second shot at adding to it. Like, yeah. Let's just wipe the slate clean. We'll get rid of this movie. Let's make the proper thing sequel that should have been made. But allow it make it and allow it to flow back into john carpenter's the thing yeah because there's oh, no 100 don't don't try to remake that because i love i actually love the end of this movie like it cuts to black you know yeah kate kate gets out and it's and it cuts to black and you're like oh shit that's the end and then about 10 seconds later all of a sudden you hear ennio morcone ennio Mar- ennio morcone's original score from yep. john carpenter's the thing yep and you go, oh shit! Leads and then right all of a sudden, it. and it, and it, it it literally the last ten minutes of this movie after the after the credits start to roll, leads into John Carpenter's The Thing perfectly, and yeah. it even and it even goes back and shows you some of the carnage from from the original Outpost and and some of the uh, like one of the unanswered questions that you never really get during the movie. Where it goes back and it shows the one guy who slit his throat, and that's the one, and that's one of the guys that uh, McCready finds when he's exploring the outpost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And John Carpenter's like, I love that dude. It 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 well, all flowed so nicely into even, John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah, even up to how like Lars was supposed to be one of the guys. Like, Lars was one of the dudes in the helicopter that gets shot at the beginning right. of the John Carpenter movie. Like, right. It all flows perfectly. It really, really yeah. does. Um, I would and there's also actually I told you about this. There's a there's like a six and a half minute cut of where somebody took this movie and uh, John Carpenter's movie and kind of spliced them together to yeah. give you the first, you know, seven minutes of what would be this movie crossing over into John I would Carpenter's love movie, to s- and it and it really works well. I would. Here's the thing, you know, you have labels like Scream Factory and Arrow and this and that. They're really good at finding these movies that have alternate cuts, right? And bringing them to light for the public for the first time, I honestly believe this should be a candidate to where they they find that original cut with the practical effects and everything mm. else. Mm-hmm. Maybe that original ending, you know, if oh, they yeah. can cobble that together and release this like original version of the movie. This like everyone's talking about the Snyder cut of Justice League and this and that, and you know, fucking release the the <laughs> cut. I can't I can't say his last name. Like like release the fucking Norway cut of right. of the thing 2011. Like right. I I need to see that fucking movie. Yeah. If you go online on YouTube, the effects company Tom Woodruff Jr.'s effects company, they mm-hmm. released a lot of footage oh, of did. what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Because they were fucking pissed. Yeah. Um 
there was a movie that was made uh, after this called fucking. Um, do I have it written down? Fuck, I don't think I do. <laughs> there was another movie that was made uh, after this that was done by uh, Tom Woodruff Jr. And it was uh, basically what it was. It was their reaction to this movie. They wanted to make a thing-type movie with mm -hmm. pra all practical effects because they felt so slighted by getting caught out of this movie. Oh, yeah. Harbinger yeah. Down, that's what it's called. Oh, yeah. Harbinger Down was their, vase, was their version of quote unquote the thing I mean, obviously it's a different story but it's sure. like their version with all practical effects 100% to get it out of their system I've heard because that. they got I've so heard that slighted. name so many times yep. I gotta check it out now knowing what it is yeah it's not I, I don't hear that it's a fantastic movie in all fairness because well, the budget you get those wasn't what it should have been but though. yeah yeah um, yeah I don't know I, I think this movie is way better for all of its flaws and things I don't like about it. I think it's way better of a movie than people give it credit for. I think that's definitely, if you're a fan of the thing, you should watch this movie. Yeah. Like it, it, it watch it. You'll, you'll like it. It's the thing. I, th I think it's, if nothing else, it's just cool to have those blanks filled in. Like, I agree. You know, like what, like in, in John Carpenter's movie, they go back and they look at that outpost and they're like, what the fuck happened here? And it's like, well, now you, now you can find out. Now you yeah. know. You know. Yeah, it's really cool. I think too. Like, <clears throat> I wish. I almost wish this movie would have been. You know, I understand it's that you know you you have to have a, a known American actor or actress in a movie to get press and this and that. I I understand that all. I yeah. do. That being said, I really, really, really wish that this movie was made by Norwegians in all like Nordic language, right? Yeah. So not, not Norwegian. Norwegian language, like <laughs> not not in English at all, right? Yeah. Basically make it a foreign film. Right. With no Americans in it whatsoever. It would make sense. To give that perspective. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That to me would have would be the perfect prequel to the John Carpenter version. Definitely. Like like I want to see it like from the Norwegian viewpoint like don't shoehorn in some fucking american actors or, right. or anything else have it be all everything subtitled everything right like because yeah. that because that would really make it feel like you're watching the norwegian experience of this of this thing before it got to the american version of it right right, right. i just think that'd be amazing yeah i do too I do too. Like you said, like don't shoehorn don't shoehorn in the Americans just to sell it to an American audience. Yeah. Like if you want to stay true to the story, then make the Norwegian outpost Norwegian. Yeah. I, I think agree. that would be really cool. I agree. I, I just think that'd be really, really cool. Um I do have one question for you. Yeah. Uh do you think that at the end of the movie was uh what's his fucking what's his fuck? Uh yeah, Kyle. His, yeah, was Kyle a thing? Yeah, yeah. You think he was for sure? Was gone. Yeah, because of the earring thing. Okay. Yeah, because when they were driving to the spaceship, that's one of the things I noticed. He looked away from the camera, and you could see the hoop earring in his ear. Oh, okay. And then when he gets back in after they've defeated the alien in the spaceship, he Other doesn't ear. have an earring in his. He yeah. no, it, it it's just not. Well, there. No, like she's no, no. She actually said it's it was in your other ear. Well, because she says, do you know how I knew that you were a human when I saw you back at the, the other place? And she goes, because of your earring. And he reaches up and touches his right ear, thinking, oh, yeah, my earring. And she goes, no, it was the other ear. As yeah. in, if you had an earring in your ear, you would know what ear to touch. 
Oh, so. okay. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's gotcha. one of the things I liked about this movie, the idea that it, it was a little more bare bones because uh, we were talking earlier about the blood test. They were going to do a blood test, but then the blood test got destroyed, so they had to revert back to something even more rudimentary, which was just open your mouth and let me see if you have fillings in your mouth. I love that, yeah. Because because she found some fillings laying on the bathroom floor because the alien could not replicate inorganic material. So let me, let which me I float, thought was really cool. Let me float this idea to you. What if they could <laughs> spin it in a way to where Kyle was actually human, right? Where Kyle was human? Yes. They, they spin okay. it to where she... Because when he gets flamethrowered, flamethrowered, yeah, that's a, that's a verb. It's the, pro- it's the proper way. It's, a, it's the proper way. Um, <laughs> he, he doesn't... You hear some sound effects that sound alien, but you don't ever see any tentacles coming out of him or anything like that. Like You don't ever actually see any alien uh, disbursement from the fire when he's getting yeah. flamethrowered, right? Right. So what if they spun that in a way to where he was actually human and it was her that was the alien. She was killing him to preserve herself, right? Because you never actually see what happens to her afterwards. She just leaves, right? What if there was a third movie made where she goes back to the mainland, right? This would be a total movie like Alien or uh, like Independence Day Resurgence that mm-hmm. is super not anywhere near as good as the original, but I still love it because I love shitty fucking sci-fi movies. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a movie where... You have Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character now going back to the mainland, and mm-hmm. she's a fucking clone, a thing clone, and it's a thing move that takes place in like a city setting, right? Yeah, I would I fucking know. watch the hell out of that movie. I don't, she she would have been at I would too totally, but she would have been at a total advantage at the end of the there. Why there would have been no reason for her to kill him because he could have exposed her. If he knew that she was or figured out, like he didn't, she didn't want to risk the fact that he could figure it out, because because at that point she knew how smart they had gotten to how they were. I'm gonna take yeah. out my competition long before they 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 suspect me. Yeah, you know, you could easily easily spin it that way. And but then, then, but then, but then at the end of Carpenter's the thing, why wouldn't McCready have just killed Childs? I mean, who knows? I mean, McCready was definitely the alien because you followed the booze, but right. <laughs> and because I actually didn't realize. By the this, way, if you don't if you don't know what that means, go back and listen to our original episode 100%. about the thing. Also, Childs has an earring. I never noticed it until I was reading stuff about this movie. Oh, Childs has an earring. Yeah, he totally does. However, though, the whole inorganic thing though was not actually put in the canon until this movie. So. That but could I think have just it, been. But I think it works though because it does. You, it does. I don't think it ever was even an issue in the first movie. It wasn't. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's, it's whatever. It fits. Like right. it actually absolutely fits the puzzle. But it right. is what it is. I just think that there could be a cool third movie. That's all. I, I'd I'd watch a thing movie set in the suburbs or set in the city. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be cool. Well, oh yeah. yeah. It'd be but, terrifying because it could spread a lot faster. But anyway, James. Yeah, that's. I think, uh, that's I think about we're at time there, here. Bud. Yeah, we could have um, talked all day about this movie because the thing, and it's a fascinating story in and of itself. But, yeah, um, but and yeah. I still I want to go back and watch it to see if there's any clever plot devices like the bottle of booze. Yeah, you know what I mean. There, 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 very well could be. I think I thought this was interesting. Just really quickly, um, apparently uh, this is according to uh, IMDb's uh, trivia section, but. 
Uh, it's mentioned on the DVD commentary that the remains that Kate Lloyd is, is examining at the beginning of the movie is one of the dog thing props from John Carpenter's original The Thing. Oh, really? They used the same prop, yeah. Which I, cool. was, which I thought was really cool, yeah. It looked like a saber tooth. It was supposed to be like a bear dog sloth Bear thing. dog. Bear dog. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be some other kind of frozen bear dog That's thing. That's cool, but, though. You know, That's what but, it was. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um. Yeah. All right. Well. Hey, bud. Hey. I think that's it for our Mary Elizabeth Winstead actor spotlight. Whoa. Whoa. It was, it was cool. It was. <laughs> it was cool. Cause what? She so next week we are watching Ghostbusters. Answer the call. Oh boy. Oh yeah. So it's here's a, the thing. It's a bad brew, by the way. You need to borrow my DVD or my Blu-ray for this. Okay. Because I think there's a part of it that is only on the Blu-ray oh, that okay. you need to see. So All right. I don't know why I said that on air. I could have told you that off air, but you know. That's very important stuff. It's very important, James. <laughs> All right, bud. Well, hey. Uh, so we'll be watching that for next week. And uh, until then, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. If uh, you like, uh, if you're more of a visual person, if that's what uh, you know gets your rocks off, you can Ooh. join us over on YouTube. Not that either of us are going to get your rocks off. Let's let's not oversell this. Um, no, don't maybe count James. it out though. Maybe don't James. count it out. <laughs> <laughs> the hairline—it's pretty sexy. Yeah. Um, you can find us on YouTube uh, at the Buzzkill Podcast as well. We have a show called Trailer Trashed. We're on a bit of a hiatus for that right now, only because we can't be together. Uh, however, I'm more tempted to do a solo episode more than ever right now, so we'll see. Please that, do, because I could I'd, love, I'd love to watch that shit. It show. could happen. It might happen <laughs> in the future. We'll see. There's some good stuff coming out pretty soon, so uh, that might actually happen. Um, but uh, but yeah, check that out. Give us a like and subscribe. It uh, helps the channel. And uh, helps your uh, love life. That for sure. It's, that's science mm-hmm. coming at you. <laughs> once, once she hears this pleasing baritone, yeah, coming through the speaks. All right, hey bud. Until next week. <laughs> Cheers, sir. Cheers, pal. Dink, dink. <laughs> <laughs>